7: Listening to Fox
6: Sports Radio. Radio. All right, one game 7 going on right now. Another later tonight and we think that the Lakers have a new coach. The NBA just not settling down on this Mother's Day, Nick. It's here there and everywhere. By the way, happy Mother's Day to the moms out there. NBA all the way through this afternoon, Nick. Should be a great day.
7: NBA getting a lot of husbands in trouble though. You know, they, they, a lot of husbands had to do their Mother's Day festivities before these game 7 starts and that's that's That sounds like a problem to me. That sounds like a potential domestic issue to me.
6: Lots of sighs of relief, though, on Friday night, considering we could have had three game sevens, but instead the Warriors close out the Rockets in six. That triple header would have really been something. (laughs) It would have been a problem. I was was thinking about you, though, on Friday
7: night, because you and I have had... I mean, we've just been... We we have been blessed by the sports gods to every single show we've had during this time slot on Sundays. We've had incredible things going on, uh, whether it's in the NCAA tournament, Tiger winning the Masters, whatever. I thought this is a, I, I thought for sure Houston was going to win and it was going to be Game Seven, Rockets Warriors, like right during our show. But
6: I, Steph Curry had other plans than than thinking about Byron Baugh. I've got, I've got something to admit, guys. As well as I had looked ahead to see what could fall. On this Sunday, depending how things came out, and as I saw during the week, I saw that Saturday had nothing on it. Nothing yeah. on it. In, in fact, I just got a schedule alert. In two hours, we've got a game seven, Raptors and Sixers. But I said, <laughs> okay, Saturday, nothing's going on. And uh, so I was talking with my wife, and I said, you know what, honey, whatever you want to do Saturday. Yes. Because that, there was no game that I said that, hey, I've got to watch, or this game. Like I've already told her. That unfortunately <laughs> our nephew has a, an eighth grade graduation on Thursday, May 30th. Well, that's game one of the NBA finals. Yep, not and, happening. Yeah. And I said, listen, I'm just gonna put this out there right now. Even if the if the Bucks aren't in it, it's still game one of the NBA finals. That is something that's going to be tough. Plus, I said, I'm like, hey, it's eighth grade. You know, we'll go to the high school one. Right, that's that's the one that we'll <laughs> on, cash great, you in on. on, you know. Yeah, I mean, what's what's the big deal there? So that's I, a, that's how I tried to lay things out. That at is least smart, this though. I, I, I'm with you, because w- I'm with you. I,
7: when I realized yesterday, I was like, wait a minute, there is no everything's on Sunday. Okay, I was I, you know, my wife is what? Let's watch a movie when we put the, you know, we got a three year old. Let's just, and I finally was like, hey baby, any movie you want? Literally, I don't care. We can watch the Notebook, and I like let's watch the Notebook right now. I've been off it on these playoffs. This uh, I'll give you three hours, and we can do whatever you want you gotta think you gotta you gotta plan ahead and look at that NBA schedule
6: it's all you know? it's all about you you know you're, you're <laughs> the mother to our beautiful <laughs> right, daughter right. but uh you know this is all about you babe I know yes. I'm not I know I'm not totally there on Sunday but I want to make sure that you have your day that <laughs> you, is
7: yeah that's, that is this,
6: this is true this that is, is true. that is heads up I I, I do Want to touch on, quickly, Portland and Denver, and we'll dive into to Raptors and Sixers and, and also the Lakers situation. But this Nuggets-Blazers game, if you missed David Gascon's update, telling you about the rough start for Damian Lillard, one of ten from the floor, started out 0 of 6, and that's where Denver kind of got this cushion. And and I'm looking at it, Nick, as saying, you know, Damian Lillard's got a lot of a lot of praise throughout the playoffs. And I think that there are times when he gets lost a bit in the Western Conference guard shuffle. No doubt. Yeah, you know, because of because of the great guard play that you have with Harden and Curry and Thompson and Westbrook that sometimes Lillard ends up being the odd man out. But I will say this about Damian Lillard if he isn't giving you offense. You're in trouble because there isn't there isn't like a trade where he picks it up on the defensive end, or it's an even like when when he goes off for thirty-seven points or forty points. Not say he's giving up thirty, but you're just that's where he wins. He doesn't. There's no way for him to win in other areas when he start out zero for six and and are one for ten from the floor.
7: Agree. I, I think that's the one thing about Lillard that while he's great, and I, I it is been, it's it's been cool to see him kind of get his due during. Uh, during the, the 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 magical first round series against OKC, he mm-hmm. is a guy that if he's not scoring, his game falls off, and I think that's the, that's honestly the separator for me at times of if your if your fastball, for lack of a better term, isn't going, do you still impact winning or losing? And that is, that is where I still feel like Steph can impact winning or losing. I mean, I think he's a guy that can, uh, first of all, attract so much attention. I think he's a better passer than Lillard. Um, I think the way they use Steph and he runs off screens can create opportunities for other guys. Uh, Lillard's a little more ball dominant in that regard. So there, there's no question. I thought early on in the game, it was like, boy, when he was missing shots, it, it really was like, what does Lillard really bring to the table here? But at the same time, and as Portland's kind of climb back into this thing, you, you get the sense that uh, it's at some point Lillard's going to get on on a, on a roll and they've been shooting it terrible. What are they? One for 17 from three in this game and Jokic was good early and you just wonder how that uh, the pendulum of pressure is going to kind of mount here if Denver relinquishes that 17-point lead and it gets all the way back to a tie game.
6: Jamal Murray, who's uh, I, I think that this is really his coming out party for, for what he has done. Started out Uh, doing a bit of everything in this game, and now just two of nine from the floor, so you don't have that efficiency. You mentioned the 1-3 for the Blazers. Nuggets have just hit two, right? and uh, Jokic has both of those, but it's now a seven-point game midway through the third quarter. And and for as much as you want to build up this game seven, realistically, would there be anybody picking one of these teams in the next round?
7: No, I think that's the weird thing about... I think that was kind of the interesting nature of the Rockets-Warriors series, was everybody kind of felt like that was you could either say it was the Western Conference Finals at minimum, and for some people, they thought that was the NBA Finals, but I think Milwaukee has proven to, that they've shown some people that, that you know they are forced to be reckoned with, but that you're right. I mean, I think people can get excited about the the competitive nature of like this series between Denver and Portland every game's been good but nobody's going to pick the it whoever whoever is going to go take on Golden State even without Durant if depending on when he comes back i think Golden State's going to dust both these teams
6: and and no disrespect to the Rockets because it's not meant to be that way however if the Rockets end up winning that series i think we are having conversations of Maybe Portland's got a chance against Houston. Maybe Denver can do something against Houston, but against this Golden State team that just seemed to be the Golden State team of old on Friday night, I think it's going to be very difficult for one of these teams to advance past the Western Conference Finals. Now, there's another game today, as we mentioned, Game 7, Raptors and Sixers in Toronto. Winner gets those bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. And honestly, throughout this series, I've just gone the lower expectations. Like, I don't think... I didn't think that the Sixers were good enough to go up on the Raptors 3-1. Yes. I didn't think that they were good enough to do that. I didn't think the Sixers were good enough to go to Toronto and and win a Game 5. I also didn't think that the Raptors were good enough to close out the series in Philadelphia. So it's almost of, of living up to the non-expectations for these teams and how it plays out. And now with so much on the line in this series and in this Game 7, Nick... I'm trying to find the biggest warts of these teams to really show how one team is not going to win this series as opposed to what team's going to go out and get it. And so I'm almost looking at it in a negative way of what team is going to fail to live up to expectations. <laughs> right. It's kind of I negative. Think,
7: but. No, I, no, but you, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think both these teams are flawed in, in a handful of ways, either with how they're structured or uh, with, with certain holes in their roster. I look at this game and I think... But by by the time Game game Seven gets here, there's not any like new wrinkle or new uh, guy that hasn't played off the bench. You know, like by now your your cards are all on the table and it is what it is. So oftentimes it comes down to your emotional and tangible makeup, and then which superstar is going to shine the brightest. And for both those things, I think I lean Toronto. I mean, I know they're at home and I know they're favored, so it's not like I'm I'm really going on a limb here and saying I like Toronto tonight. But to me, Embiid, Jimmy Butler, really emotional, uh, volatile, mm-hmm. co- combustible guys. Kawhi is steady and cool and calm. And then Kawhi is the best player on the floor. I mean, I'll I'm get, I'm get the best player in the series, the best player on the floor, at home, and a better emotional makeup. I like the Raptors, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Raptors win by you know, double digits. Yeah,
6: a lo- along those lines, I look at the, the big four of the Philadelphia 76ers as each of them looking at this moment as their moment. No doubt. Great where, point. Where, like Ben Simmons is saying, "All right, now's my time to shine." We've got a development in in Denver. By the way, C.J. McCollum is on the floor. Not to interrupt my point, but five thirty-five to go, and he is holding his knee. So this could be this Uh-oh. could be something. And and it almost Nick, it, it, it almost looked like a Charlie horse situation where. Maybe he was. Oh, excuse me. I apologize. It was Rodney Hood. I apologize. Okay. I saw the single digit and I saw the curve, but I saw the curve of the five. It's Rodney Hood on the floor. But something to at least watch because he's been he's been important. Yeah, he Man, has. He's been. been important. But back. But to your point, though, because we'll keep an eye. The, you made you make a great point, though,
7: on the 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 fact that right now I think if you went into the locker room and asked Simmons, Embiid, Butler, heck, even Tobias Harris, or like, hey. Who who's the man? Who's gonna yeah. lead the charge? They'd all say me, me, and I. That's a that's that's not the greatest and great. Like you want comp-
6: There's a difference between everybody being confident mm-hmm. and everybody thinking they're the captain. You know? Yeah, absolutely. When you look at the what's happened over the last three days, it's been well. Ben Simmons is actually the focal point of this team that it, it, you can't count on Embiid because of his health. Mm-hmm. That look at what Ben Simmons did in game six. Well, now Ben Simmons is thinking, all right, I'm the guy. Well, Jimmy Butler's got impending free agency. Guess what? Here's my chance to show. Guess what? Tobias Harris, impending free agency. Now's my time to show. And then you have Joel Embiid, who actually is the best player on that team, probably saying, all right, this is my team, this is my show, let me do my thing. I think that's the issue with the Sixers today of can you play as a team when you need it the most yes. instead of each of these guys trying to step up in clutch situations. Don't
7: you think all those guys are going to be shot hunting early? Like the first time Butler gets it, it's going up. The first time Embiid gets <laughs> is- it, it's going up. You know what? Like Oftentimes you want your star and your stars to be aggressive early, but again, there's a fine line between – being a, a selfish and being aggressive, and I, I just fear that a lot of those guys are going to lean the, to the selfish side of the spectrum uh, early on in that game, Where whereas if you asked everyone in that Toronto locker room who's the man, they're oh, it's all not. saying
6: Kawhi, and, Absolutely. and I think that stuff matters in basketball, I really do. And your initial thoughts on Frank Vogel likely being the head coach of the Lakers. (laughs) God. (laughs) How
7: about that? I mean, seriously,
6: in 30 minutes or so, we're going to do a, uh, we're going to do a game about Frank Vogel. Okay. okay? It's called let's be Frank. Okay. And we're going to put you to the test. Oh boy. I will just put it that way. Oh boy. But Frank Vogel, we think likely to be the head coach of the Lakers. As you may have heard Steve Hartman and Dante Jones on Fox sports radio earlier Talk about hey, nothing has been announced just yet, and you wouldn't put it past the Lakers for for maybe this thing to to fall through. But at but, this
7: point, I really wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> <him>. I really, <laughs>
6: seriously, I really wouldn't put it past them. You've got to you got to be prepared for all situations. Find Nick on Twitter at Nick Ba. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. It is Fox Sports Sunday. You can always listen to us on the iHeart Radio app and FoxSportsRadio.com. And if you miss our show. Don't worry, that's where you can also find the podcast and you can hear any one of our great shows here on Fox Sports Radio. So are you sick of the Golden State Warriors yet? Some of you are, and there's good reason. We'll tell you why next here on Fox Sports Sunday.
5: At Farmers Insurance, we know every windshield collision has a unique sound. Beetle. Bird poop. Drone. Seen it, covered it. Talk to farmers. We are
8: farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
6: Fox Sports Sunday, he's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. Two twenty-five left in the third. Denver's got a six-point lead on Portland in the Western Conference semifinal game seven matchup in the Mile High City. If you just tuned in, Rodney Hood of Portland had to leave a couple of minutes ago with an apparent knee injury. Uh, not likely to return to this game. Portland, though, right now down six with just a little over two minutes to go in the third quarter. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. The other game, 7, comes up at 7 o'clock Eastern time. It's the Raptors and Sixers. Bucks await the winner of that series. Well, the Warriors await their winner of this series, Nick, and as we watch... Nuggets Blazers and you see what's happening on the other side of the bracket in the East and you're trying to figure out, okay, what TV markets here are really going right. to be happy and what what does the NBA really want? It seems that the only matchup that you could get that would make TV happy is a Golden State Philadelphia NBA Finals.
7: Agree. I mean, if Adam Silver had it his way and and could choose, I think there's no doubt that that's what would you'd have. What here because we got the lottery coming up this week too. You have the Knicks win the lottery, and then you have Philly and and Golden State uh, win. And I, I'd imagine you think Western Conference Finals um, just because of Lillard star power. They'd rather the NBA probably rather have Portland win this game, even though I feel like Denver, not just because they're the higher seed. I think Denver would have a better shot of beating yes. Golden State than Portland, just because doesn't it kind of feel like Portland's just a lesser version of Golden State?
6: They're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not better than than them in any of the spots. They're right. they're really good in all the same places. But you would give the edge if you had the side by side report card that you see so often on Sunday uh, NFL programs and pregame shows. Quarterbacks, running backs, every check mark would be in the Warriors. Yes, column. and and then the
7: the Jokic factor. I mean, he he's if there is one area that you could maybe try to exploit Golden State. I mean, Jokic is a he's a tough matchup for everyone, but even for Golden State, be be challenging. I mean, you going to play small ball and put Draymond on Jokic? Like that seems like that's a Maybe a difficult matchup for Draymond and if, if Jokic is gonna take him down low. I mean, just you are gonna play loony on him. I don't know if I think he could drag him away from the hoop. So you think about uh the the future matchups here, it could be interesting if Denver wins.
6: Denver to uh fell I should put it this way, the Warriors took three or four from Denver in the regular season and then they took uh they split with Portland. They went two and two, but again, it's regular season. Right, against yeah, what's what's going on in the playoffs. And this this possible NBA finals matchup of what the NBA wanted kind of got me thinking to the simple fact of, all right, the NBA seems to have its its card stacked against them. But if you go back 20 years, and then 21 years to be exact, the highest-rated NBA Finals were the 1998 NBA Finals with the Bulls and Utah Jazz. And that was Jordan's final run one that was number six for them where they end up beating the Jazz in six games. But, Nick, when you look back at that series – and I look back at the Super Bowl, and we have Patriots fatigue. Like we're like, oh, the Patriots are in it again. I've actually had Warriors fatigue for a while, where sure. I, I didn't want Calves Warriors. At least that's a little different this time around. We're not going to get that for the fifth straight year. But I'm, I, I've had enough of of the Golden State Warriors. And and I'm not one of those guys that says, all right, let's respect the greatness. That's what that's what we do. Twenty years <laughs> from now, like we respect what the Bulls did now, twenty years ago. But back then. Couldn't stand the Bulls, so right now I've just I've had enough of the Warriors. But I look back at that series, Utah was a a, a great team with Malone and uh, it was Stockton and Malone. But you've got a market that wasn't that big. The Bulls had been there six out of the previous eight years, like that for some reason. I can't understand exactly why that would be such a draw 20 years ago when we are having fatigue on the Warriors and teams like the Patriots now because of how often they are in that spot.
7: Yeah, I think I mean as I try to psychoanalyze this thing, I think I think the first thing is I think we're uh, and maybe this is not true, but it feels this way to me. I think we're a we're a more negative society nowadays. We're just we're a little bit more uh we we really tend to hate more, um, so I think maybe that's that's the thing. But then then to me, there's there are three things to try and explain the 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 98 um, you know ratings mm-hmm. record, and then the Patriots as well. I think number one, it, it, I think a lot of people felt like this was it for the Chicago Bulls. I think you kind of you could kind of feel like heading into it like this was going to be the last time you were going to see that team in its kind of current form, so you sure. knew that was it. Number two. There's the Jordan factor that's hard to even quantify. I mean, I think he had a magnetic pull. Speaking of Mother's Day, I mean, my mom really wasn't an NBA fan or a basketball fan, but she she tuned in all the time to watch Jordan when he was rolling. And then I think to, 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 to lump in the the Patriots and the Warriors, tell me what you think of this, Dan. I think, I think to some people, now I think some of this is ridiculous, but to some people, there, there is a decent portion of of sports fans that feel like both have cheated.
2: The hmm. Patriots
7: with Spygate and Deflategate, and the Warriors by getting Kevin Durant. Almost like it's almost like watching a millionaire win the Powerball. Sure, you know, and sure. so I, I think. I think there's the element of of uh, cheater that that permeates throughout a lot of sports fans now that have them sick of the Patriots and more.
6: Yeah, there 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 could be a parallel to even when Bonds was breaking Hank yeah. Aaron's mark of how many people actually felt that it was legit. Maybe it was different when. It was different when McGuire and Sosa are going after it because you weren't thinking about it at that time. But then, you know, when Bonds does the single season, maybe it's a little bit more so. Uh, but then on the career thing, you're like, OK, how are we going to look back on this? That you would say, all right, are we really going to consider the uh, Patriots, the the true great teams for, Yeah. For the the shenanigans that they may have pulled, or right, right or wrong, I I think there's a lot of people that that call them cheaters. You know, I I also think this is that we've seen them lose. Like if the Warriors would have beaten the Cavs in 2016, maybe we are still looking them at them as being invincible. Where the Patriots Hmm. have lost, you know, they've they've lost a bunch of Super Bowls for as many times as they've been there. You know, just one Super Bowl 52, and and to see that, I thought maybe the Bulls invincibility. The Jordan factor is, is hard probably, to quantify. Yeah, that's you know? probably it as well, is because when he retired the first time, we were caught off guard. Mm-hmm. And now you think, alright, this is probably it. Well, I'm not going to miss it, because I, this is last time we didn't know if he was going to step away, and then when he comes back, it's a bigger deal. But yeah, the Jordan factor probably uh, above it all. I do also think this, that people felt that the Jazz were a capable and a competent team enough so that they could maybe beat the Bulls. Yes. And and I don't know in the Cavs series outside of 2016, whether it be the Cavs' fault or not because of injuries or just team makeup of – that they were really going to challenge them but i think I agree. That, that that there was at least the hey if somebody's going to knock off the bulls it's going to be mailman and stockton
7: yeah i mean i think okay so you go through it so 2015 remember uh, you know kevin love was hurt mm-hmm. uh, kyrie gets hurt in game 1 i mean you're having delavado out there and all, i mean that thing was <laughs> over right yes. you know i mean yeah. then 2016 we all know what happened the incredible series um and then then after that it was kd so yep. you kind of feel like, eesh, I mean, if they couldn't if they couldn't beat this team with with without KD, now they have KD, it felt like there was no chance." Do you think there's something to dan people just thinking about the Warriors? Some people get turned off by their style. You hear a lot of old school fans. Um, which I mean, it's a listen, I think it's a, the NBA's uh a, a, from a demo standpoint skews a little younger. But I think I still think there's some people that are fighting the three-point revolution a little bit and maybe clay and
6: Steph and how they play rubs people the wrong I, way yeah i i i i I think that's legit i don't know how big it is yeah i thought maybe i thought to myself well maybe it's maybe it's the 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 junk that draymond pulls sure and then i remember the bulls had dennis rodman yeah so yeah. like that like that <laughs> right nope. that yeah. about by five so mm-hmm. that that couldn't have been brought in i i think that there's i think that there's a little bit of everything but what is what is just so surprising to me is now we look at it as a a negative of oh gosh the warriors are back in instead of all right who's got the chance to knock off the bulls now. I know the jazz didn't do it in 97 but 98 is the time like how does how does Salt Lake a, a team from Salt Lake City pull a rating like that. And I think it's it's, it's what we thought of the Jazz, it's what we thought of Jordan, and I think it's what we thought of the Bulls. I really think that the unbeaten part of it is if the Bulls were going to go down, this was going to be it. Whereas for the Warriors, we've already seen them go down. And this may be it, but at least with the Bulls when they left to Nick, there was going to be an end for sure because Jackson was gone and Jordan was gone. Yep. If Durant leaves, you still have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, right? Yeah. Right. So that's so they're not going to go away. This Bulls team was going to go away. I think too, and
7: I can only speak for myself on this. I think uh, the the factor of adding Durant and then who Durant is, like very uh, very thin skinned. Um, for me, he's a guy that I think uh, I think rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Not only with uh, with the move of of joining the you know the, a 73 win Warrior team, but also with kind of just his uh, his his personality at times throughout this whole process. Mm-hmm. I think it was the. I think it's just like I think so. It's what I'm saying is it's not only I, I. It's not only the fact that they added Durant. It's who Durant kind of is and the circumstances around that. I know for some people. I know for me, I I, I always have a hard time. Get, I mean, it, I still to myself think I can't believe. That Golden State or Oklahoma, he, he, Kevin Durant was up 3-1 on Golden State, a team that had won a title and won 73 games. And he and that team beat him and he left and joined that team. Like, it's still <laughs> it's still is one of the, I think it's one of those things that even 20 years from now, people are going to be like, he did what? And yeah. yeah, that 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 actually happened. And I think that for a lot of people, no one wants to there's a lot of people that don't want to see that rewarded in any way, shape or form. So it, it manifests itself into
6: fatigue. Great news. There's a quick and easy way you could save money. Switch to Geico. It only takes 15 minutes to see if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Go to geico.com and see how much you could save. You know Nick's thoughts on the Lakers hiring Frank Vogel as their head coach. At least we think they are. What do those inside the Lakers and around the NBA think of the move? We'll find out next, but first... This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. And this is David Gascon to give us the latest of what's happening in the Mile High City. What's up, Dave?
9: Not much, not much. Good afternoon to both of you. Uh a lot of things going on today. I, I don't know,
6: are you guys Dan, I don't you're not a big movie guy, but do you ever watch Game of Thrones? Uh, I can say now, yes, because true story. We're up. To, we're in season one, episode one. Dan yes, Beyer, are, you're a good man. We started man. yesterday night. No, that's a good yes. man. Yes, started yesterday. Yes. Started yesterday. I don't want to ruin it for anybody that is. But when they say, "Do you watch Game of Thrones?" I can now say yes. But we are we are in season one. Through episode one. I
9: love wow. it. That's good. Hilarious.
7: How about you, Nick? I am I'm all the way caught up, baby. I am I'm ready for the final two episodes here, starting with the with tonight.
9: All right. Well, Dan, I'm not gonna spoil anything for you, but I will say this. Uh Aaron Rodgers makes a cameo appearance tonight. In Game of Thrones. So that's something you can definitely look forward to tonight once you get to the to the final right. season. So, I'll look for Brett
6: Favre in season one. Oh, so man. I'll see if Giannis, hey, you know what? It might Giannis be an, and Jon Snow <laughs> going at it or be something careful like that. With
9: Favre. Yeah. Lots of things going on. You'll see that later on in the season. Uh guys, right now in the Mile High City, Denver and Portland going at it. Nuggets lead is at six. Bounce pass on the elbow to Joker. Joker's one-on-one with Cantor if he wants the deal. He squares up on him, jabs at him, puts it on the floor, gets the reverse side layup and it's up and in. Nuggets Radio Network, they've had a lead the majority of the ball game. In fact, it got up near 20. It was at 17. Portland has just taken their second lead of the ball game. They lead 74 to 72, start of the fourth quarter in Denver. This is despite the fact Damian Lillard has done nearly nothing. Seven points, one of 12 from outside, 0 of 6 from downtown. But CJ McCollum is doing his thing 13 of 22 from outside, 29 points. Portland has a squad shooting just 10% from long range, and they are surviving. The ballgame is tied at 74 apiece. Anyways, all that being said, back to Dan Baier. Nick Bond, just 10 seconds, but first a word from our friends at Farmers.
5: At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it, covered it. Talk to farmers.
8: We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchange and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
9: And some good news for executive producer Gavin Kinsel. Carolina is now trilling by five to the Boston Bruins, <laughs> six to one.
6: Boston. Uh. Appreciate it, Dave. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Byer. Joining us now, our good friend, Eric Pincus, the lead Lakers writer for Bleacher Report. You can also see him on NBA TV and doing work with Basketball Insiders. Happy uh, Happy Mother's Day to, to everyone in your family, Eric. Thanks so much for coming on today. Happy Sunday. How are you?
10: Uh, thank you. I'll pass it on to my
6: wife. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, how happy are Laker fans that Frank Vogel is likely their next head coach? Well... <laughs> there you go. That's all you have to say. That's, that's about it. Yeah,
10: the well. Uh, I mean, look, there's closure. Closure is a good thing. Uh, having a decision, having a guy who is a good coach. Frank Vogel, I don't know if he's a great coach, uh, but he's definitely not a bad coach. And so, you know, that's not like a great bar. It's like, well, you got someone who's not bad. I mean, that's not what you want to hear. Uh, they, their top guy was uh, Teron Liu and Monty Williams. They, this is their third choice. And that's okay. I mean, it, it happens. Uh, I think they were surprised that Lou walked away from negotiations. I think Lou expected them to come back. Uh, and maybe it was a negotiating play, maybe it wasn't, but the bottom line is, is whatever happened there didn't work out and he's done. So, uh, Frank did a really good job initially in Indiana, uh, was a good coach, especially defensively. Uh, and then that team sort of naturally kind of lost, you know, it, I don't know if it was him, but they gradually, faded away. They weren't as good as they were, but he, he did a good job initially. Then he went to Orlando. The team was a mess. The the people who hired him got fired. So that's usually a recipe for disaster. So I, I think there's a, a, some potential here for him to show what he can really do. I don't think you can judge him by the Orlando thing, but at the same time, this is not an easy job he's stepping into.
7: You know, oftentimes, Eric, to, to kind of get a sense of where we're at, you got to figure out where you were. And I'm trying to, I'm trying, I want to go back to Teron Liu for a second. We've obviously heard various rumors and different things about what went wrong during the negotiation process. What have you been able to gather in terms of figuring out what's real and what's not in terms of exactly why Teron Liu and the Lakers went their separate ways here?
10: Well, I think one of the issues, but not the deciding issue, was the Lakers wanted Jason Kidd as an assistant. And generally speaking, a coach picks their own staff, and Jason Kidd has what I would say is is not a spotless reputation. He's he, like the way he went after the Bucks job when they had Larry Drew before he was fired. Uh, I think turned off a lot of people in the coaching community, and so his reputation isn't great. So for someone like Teron Liu to be dictated to, this is going to be your assistant, probably turned him off. But at the same time, I don't think that was the issue. The real issue, which in life is usually the issue, is is money, right? What are you going to pay me? And it's been pretty standard these days for coaches to get five-year deals. I mean, that's kind of where things are going. It's a statement of saying um, we're not where we want to be yet, but we're going to be patient, and you're going to be there for when it pays off two, three years down the line. So we're going to give you a nice long deal so you can enjoy some of that success. Because in the first year or two, you might your, first, your the record your record might take a hit, and so. Uh, Lou expected a five-year deal. The Lakers didn't want to pay him more than, uh, the length of LeBron's contract. And I get why, because there's some real uncertainty on what this franchise is. But I think ultimately, if you want Lou, you have to pay the market price and the market price. If you want to pay him for three years, you got to pay him for at least four. And if you want him for four, you probably got to pay him for five. Maybe there was a, a compromise to be had at four. But it never came to that. And Lou walked away. And then the Lakers walked away from him walking away. (laughs) And here we are.
6: Eric is the Bleacher Report, joining us here, talking about the Lakers likely hiring a Frank Vogel because there's nothing official yet. No, hey, join us for the press conference coming up on Tuesday to introduce him, but, yeah, we, we expect Frank Vogel to be the next head coach of the Lakers. My question, Eric, and I've got – I have a theory in mind, but if you were to rank what needs to be in order for a team to have success in ownership, front office, players, and coaches – where does coaching rank uh, with the Lakers in order of them to have success as a franchise?
10: Well, I think coaching is very important, but it is it is not the highest on the list. Um, there are exceptions. I don't think they win those titles with Shaq and Kobe unless they went for Phil Jackson. So when those opportunities come, sometimes a coach can make a a one percent difference. Sometimes it's five percent, maybe even ten, but it's not usually more than than a couple percentage points and. In the case of Phil Jackson, that was an example where the coach made a huge impact. And it's happened before. I think Steve Kerr makes a huge impact. Uh, I think Mike Budenholzer in Milwaukee has made a huge impact. And a lot of coaches, most coaches, they don't necessarily change things one way or the other. They do a little bit, but it's up to the players. Having good players, having healthy players. But to kind of answer your question in, in, in that sort of a roundabout way of getting to it is that it's the ones who make the decisions up top that I think are most important. And so ownership is one of those complicated things in that this is your baby. That's this is Jeannie Buss' life. She grew up doing this, and Lakers mean everything to her. So there's no fan that can say they're upset with her that can tell me she doesn't care or that she doesn't want to succeed. But she is not someone who has a tremendous amount of basketball knowledge, uh, on how to build a team and she's been very clear about that she's going to trust the people that she puts in place well she put that trust in magic johnson and ultimately it didn't pay off they did get lebron but he 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 walked away from the job and then they have rob pelinka in place and now they basically from what i understand uh Kurt has risen to power where he he may be the top decision maker on basketball i've heard that he's the reason why frank vogel has the job and so uh, I would say that Rambus is an unknown in this capacity. He was an assistant manager a couple of years for the Lakers, but mostly he's been a coach. Uh, Rob Pelinka is an unproven general manager. Uh, but again, he was part of the reason why LeBron is here, but he's also part of the reason why things didn't go well. right? So there's a lot that fans should be uneasy about. And you need to have your front office. You need to have your executives in line, everyone on the same page. Then get the great coach. But all that doesn't matter if you don't have the players, and then it doesn't matter if you have the players if they're not healthy. Everything has to work, and that's why it's been really such a miracle that the Warriors have been so good for so long now.
7: Eric, you you bring up the importance of obviously having the the players and and all that that goes along with that. So I I got to pick your brain here. Look into your crystal ball, and I don't care how foggy and cloudy it is. July first, what what do you think happens? Give me give me your read on mm-hmm. on what free agent you see as, as being a guy that is realistic for L.A.
10: Well, this is a great test, and it's a test in two different markets, uh, Los Angeles and New York. Uh, you have the Lakers, you have the Knicks, and you could argue that, for the most part, the Knicks and the Lakers have not done a really good job of executing a vision of, of what a basketball team should be at this point, point. and that, you know, Lakers have done, have done some great things through the years. Right now, that that doesn't that's not who they are right now. As they with Magic stepping down, et cetera, and the Nets have done a great job, and the Clippers have done a great job, really doing things the right way. Uh, great coaching, great front office, doing a good job with player evaluation, and really flexing their muscles, which is great. Uh, it's good for the league. But the question then, this summer, that will be answered in July, is does that, it matters to me, it matters to you, it matters to certain people, and we like to talk about who runs, you know, it's a good franchise, it's a bad franchise, whatever. But does it matter to someone like Kawhi Leonard or Kyrie Irving what matters to us, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, the Clippers, yeah, great, they're well-run, but there still is a 10-to-1 fan ratio in L.A., at least, Laker fan to Clipper fans, and you look at the, just the ratings, the Lakers at their bottom are higher than the Clippers were at their at their top with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, right? So... I think someone like Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, I think those are the two most likely. It's reasonably possible Lakers get one of those two guys. Uh, we still know what's going to happen with Anthony Davis in New Orleans, and there's a chance that the Lakers could be in on that trade. Now, we don't know what David Griffin in New Orleans wants for Anthony Davis, but all of this drama, all of this nonsense, Magic stepping down, Luke being fired, the whole they may end up with two or three stars in July, and may have a tremendous season, and all of this will be forgotten, and people will be looking at Kurt Rambis and Rob Polinkin saying, wow, these guys, we really underestimated them. We don't know. Of course, they may get nobody, and then everyone continues to say these guys don't know what they're doing, and it's really decisions made by millionaires who can't really make a wrong decision, right? If Kyrie Irving, wherever he goes, he's going to be successful. Wherever Kawhi, he's going to get paid. Kawhi Leonard, they're going to compete. They're going to be a good team wherever he goes. So I'm really fascinated to see how this all pans out come July.
6: The lead Lakers writer for the Bleacher Report and see him on NBA TV. Also doing work for basketball Insiders. Find him on Twitter at Eric Pincus. Eric, we appreciate the time and uh, enjoy the rest of these playoffs and whatever Laker land has to offer. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me. Happy birthday. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Very, <laughs> very you. kind of you. Thank you, Eric. Passing it along to moms everywhere. My mom, your mom, uh, everyone's mom. We appreciate that on this Mother's Day want to let you know that today's show is coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Denver right now, five-point lead on the Nuggets, under seven minutes to go. Should be an interesting one. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. How well do you know the possible new head coach of the Lakers? Well, we put Nick to the test Uh-oh. next year? Yes, on Fox Sports <laughs> Sunday.
5: At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing. And a less than perfect one. Farmers! Seen it? Covered it. Talk to farmers. We are farmers.
8: Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates, products not available in every state.
6: Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. Before we get to Let's Be Frank, I want to give you an update. Blazers up on the Nuggets. 87-83 Nick with four and a half to go in this game. Portland erasing that early deficit. Almost seems like the Nuggets in situations now panicking, taking fadeaway shots, rush shots. Portland holding on to a four-point edge.
7: Well, it goes to show you a little bit like Friday night, Game 6, Warriors-Rockets that it's maybe a bad sign if you know, that game was tied at half of uh, Warriors-Rockets and Steph hadn't scored 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 and Mm -hmm. today the the Blazers were able to go on a I think a 17 to 9 run to end the first half and Lillard was playing really bad in the first half and so they were only down like eight or nine points at half and that was maybe you know if you're looking for trends or there are some things that are maybe going to be coming down the pike that's probably not good and it just felt like it was a matter of time before before Portland if if they could ever get it to where it was tied that the that the the Pressure would totally mount on Denver, having to relinquish that lead. and just It feels like Denver's playing tight right now. Really, really tight. Jabal
6: Murray, 3 of 17 from the floor Oof. in this Game 7. It's,
7: McCollum's been the best player on the floor. Yeah,
6: he has been. He's got 31 points right now for P- Portland. They also got some help with Evan Turner coming off the bench with yeah, 10. Well. Told you about Rodney Hood uh, with his knee injury. No word on the severity of that, but... Portland right now with that four-point edge. We'll have an update with David Gascon at the top of the hour. But right now, yeah, new game, Nick. We're putting you into the test. i, I am gonna feel I'm going to fail this test. I'm going to give you a couple of couple of tidbits on one uh, one Frank Vogel as okay. Frankie goes to Hollywood. <laughs> Here we I'd go. Like this it. is all I want to know. I'm going to give you some notes, and you all have right. to tell me if this actually happened to, to Frank Vogel in his life. Okay. All right? Okay. Okay, did Frank Vogel once call LeBron's heat team the biggest flopping team in the league? Uh, well, I mean, I think he would have
7: been... I'm going to say yes, because things cross paths. The, the timeline crosses paths, i will say
6: yes. He sure did. Yes, yes he did. He did. Yes. <laughs> I got fined $15,000 for those comments totally as well. Totally worth it, Frank. Totally worth Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> he, he, so they'll have to mend those fences once they get together <laughs> yeah, right. in L.A. Uh, did Frank Vogel have his own table at uh, San Almo Steakhouse in Indianapolis? Hmm, I don't think he... I'm gonna go n- I'm gonna go no I'll go no that's correct that is correct you know Frank Vogel uh pretty well
3: he might <laughs> yeah, he I may have so.
6: he may have I just don't know about it and that's good enough here on let's be Frank Nick Ba, two for two here on Fox Sports Sunday did Frank Vogel play JV basketball at Kentucky
7: JV basketball does he is he old enough to where there would have been a junior for how gonna, well do you know Frank Vogel? Go up here? I'm going to say no, just because I'll say no. He doesn't. He's not that old. I'm going to say no. He did. Oh, yes, what? he did.
6: He was a student manager, and in fact, Rick Pitino brought back the JV team. Really? And he did play JV hoops for the uh, Kentucky Wildcats. Wow. I, yes. Wow. Okay. Okay. Did uh, did Frank Vogel have a time where he was the running joke during Weekend Update on SNL? <laughs> Did that ever happen? Where Frank Vogel I, you know was the running joke?
7: I am going to say because I I, I just want it to be true, so I'm going to say yes, it happened.
6: Uh, it wasn't. That was Frank Stallone. Ah. Yes, yes, the old Norm Macdonald Frank Stallone bit. <laughs> hey, did uh did Frank Vogel have to jump out of a window because his house was burning down?
7: It sounds like a farmer's ad. There, uh, I'm going to say <laughs> uh, uh, that's. Uh, That's
6: a pretty weird thing to make up, so I'm going to say he did. He did. Unfortunately, his home burned down when they were 17 years old. He and his mom yeah, were in the house and uh, had to escape. Uh, Finally, in these final 10 seconds, was Frank Vogel officially named the head coach of the Lakers? (laughs) I'm going to say no. That's correct. We're still waiting on that. We're still waiting on that. You did pretty well. You know Frank Vogel pretty well. Okay. All right, he's Nick Baugh, I'm Dan Byer. this is Fox Sports Sunday. Portland with a four-point edge on the Nuggets with three and a half to go. We dive into that and Sixers-Raptors next year on Fox Sports Sunday. Giddy up down to the wire in game seven. 30 seconds left to go, and the Blazers and Nuggets are at a one-point game. Sheesh. Portland with the lead, 96 to 95. They'll have the basketball with 29.7 seconds to go. This is a dandy, Nick. This is a dandy.
7: We've been blessed by the sports gods every Sunday, Dan. This has been uh this this has been a, a a clinic on how to not close out a game for Portland though. They, just have, they, they were
6: in the driver's seat and yikes. Well you know Denver was in the driver's seat early yes. in this game with a double digit lead and then Portland slowly chips away and as I'm sitting here and Jamal Murray just hit a big shot for Denver to put them within one my thought process is, is if you're a Nuggets fan is it, is it is it worse to be have that double digit lead and then blow it in game seven or would you rather not be in it at all and just have your team not show up. And I think I think for a fan it's to have your team not show up. As a professional, I don't know what's worse because not showing up is just a huge indictment on being a professional. Yes. So like as I'm trying to like to jockey here for a fan, I would rather just not have the agony of my team being in it at all and just having my heart ripped out but if you're a player there's no excuse to not show up for a game 7 so I'm trying to figure out what is what is a worse way to lose it's not a one pointer 40 it's do you, would you rather not have been in it at all or would you rather have blown a double digit lead like Denver has
7: i think i I would answer it like this that i think whether you're a player or you're a fan of a team all you can really ask for is for at some point your team to play how they're capable of playing. Like if if your team goes out there and plays how they're capable of playing and they lose, like you you can kind of accept that. Even even if it's not a full four quarters, even if it's for two quarters or three quarters, at least at some point you you played how you're capable of playing. That to me is a lot easier to swallow than if you lose than it is to never even show how good you were so so that's so I would say I'd rather I'd rather build a lead and lose it than to just get kind of rocked from the jump
6: we've seen Damian Lillard be a hero in these NBA playoffs but he's got just 13 points today and CJ McCollum's got 37 points as he just hit a jumper to put Portland up three and that's is that t- t- interesting to go to him? Yeah, yeah. They they had the ball in his hands the entire possession. It wasn't like Damian Lillard standing out with Paul George right. in his face. This was. Don't you think it's the right move the opposite. too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Not not only just because he made it, but I mean he's 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 been a stud today. You know, I was actually going to pose the question to you because we know how good Lillard has been in late game situations. With him being three of seventeen from the floor. You know, do you dare put it in his hands? And if this was maybe 20, 25, 26, 27 other NBA teams, you would still put the ball in that guy's hands. But Portland is one of those rare exceptions where if CJ McCollum's got it going, you can do that sort of thing, which is exactly what Portland did.
7: Yeah, and I think... And and that's why sometimes it's hard to have... Blake, like People like to have blanket rules, like, a, like a, a just no matter what, you always do this. Well, sometimes... You got to push the right buttons and adjust if the if the situation tells you to. And anybody that's watched the game today, Lillard just hasn't had it. Like he's just been, you know, his shots aren't even close. He doesn't appear to have a, have any rhythm at all. And McCollum has been feeling it. So, and I think how McCollum's built, like McCollum's good at creating his own shot. It also depends on the type of player you're then you're robbing, if you will, who you're going to there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's suited for it. Uh, so I I thought it was I thought it was the right move. Terry Stotts, shout out to Terry Stotts. Making the right move here.
6: 11.4 seconds to go. Both teams have one timeout. Denver is up three in this situation. Jamal Murray just hasn't had his game, as we mentioned, four of 18. In fact, 0 for 4 from three-point land. The only nugget to hit a three today has been Nikola Jokic. They are two of 18 from behind the arc. With game seven on the line, It's do do you test fate? Do you go for the quick bucket and then try to, you know, Play free throws throughout the end, and Portland is actually going to the free throw line as they tried to inbound it to Jokic. He gets fouled with eleven seconds left in this game, so they were going for the quick two right away.
7: Yeah, I think that's that's probably the way to go, especially with how how you've been shooting it. You don't have anybody that's you know you don't have uh, you don't have McCollum or you don't have Steph, you don't have Clay, you don't have someone that you feel like it's uh, a three is a good shot right now. So I am I'm, I'm good
6: with with the deuce, and they also have one timeout left. Where yes. if you foul and the both free throws are made, you can advance it to mid-court again. We're going to review something. Are they going to review that the foul occurred before the inbounds? I believe that is the case. We'll get word from uh, from the other room, but I think that's what they may be taking a look at because as Denver was trying to inbound it to Jokic, it looked like Curry yeah, was, got switched onto and was kind of holding him in the middle of the lane. Yeah, so that could be a big question here on if the foul occurred before the inbounds play. If that's I, that would be a gutsy to make the call, but cool. it would be the correct call in this situation because Denver would then be able to. Here is the thing: I think if I, I, I mean, if you're going off
7: of when the when the ref blew the whistle and what it looked like, it had to have been prior to the to to the inbounds.
2: Mm-hmm. And so that's,
7: that's what I. That, I mean, my guess is that's what they're what the calls because it can't be time like the time the clock operator got some. I mean, they really waited till the. Right, is I mean that's the it can't be the time because the time was there was 11.4 and there's now 11 so only 0.4 seconds went off the clock and it was right away like that.
6: Uh, Gavin, do we know Gavin Kinsler, no. executive producer, what the review is actually going I, on? I, Just I, we're I, not privy I, to the audio.
7: Yeah, unfortunately they weren't talking about it on the.
3: What? Right
6: yeah. there
7: were ending. They were just showing the replay. So I think they, were they were telling were...
6: you American Idol's coming up tonight. Coming at, uh, next. <laughs> 98, 95,
3: 11
6: seconds. <laughs> you have Jokic at the line. Okay, so he's going to be shooting free throws, and he missed the first free throw. That's the, that's the other part of this equation is you try to go extending the game. Portland commits the foul, and now you don't cash in on your free throws, mm. where even if he makes this, you foul Portland, they make two, and all of a sudden you're down four. So he does make it ninety eight ninety six. Denver will press his Portland. Man, this is, you know, Denver. Denver missed the playoffs uh, just barely the last couple of seasons, and you are saying, oh, how close can they get? I mean, to have this one now of being that close to the conference final. And this isn't. This team is. They're still hanging their hats, Nick, on the Carmelo Anthony Western Conference Final trip with right. the Denver Nuggets. Like that's this. This isn't a. This isn't a rich tradition no. of it's. It's that playoff run and the Mutembo Nuggets upsetting the Sonics in the one eight series that are really seem to be the only true Denver Nuggets highlights that we can remember in playoff history. So this would be a tough one to swallow if you're Denver of having that double digit lead in the first half and now maybe giving it away to Portland. Eleven point four seconds left, Portland up two.
7: Yeah. I mean, I think with with Denver too, I mean there's a golden opportunity also. I mean, you have home court. Uh, you're, you're taking on a Portland team that, you know, I mean, listen, Lillard's a good player, but it's not like Portland's a juggernaut or anything like that. You're not, you know, you, you avoided Houston in the second round, you avoided Golden State in the second round. I mean, you couldn't have asked for more and to get to where it's a game seven at home and you had, what was the biggest lead was 17, correct? I I think they had a 17 point lead. Whoo, This one, that's, uh, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be tough there, uh, if, if this one doesn't shake out correctly for those Nuggets fans.
6: CL Portland inbounds. We are coming to you live for the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Coming up at 4 o'clock Eastern time, so in less than an hour, it's the other Game 7. This one in Toronto, Philadelphia taking on the Raptors and an opportunity for the Raptors to really exercise a demon if they can close this series out in advance of the Eastern Conference Finals. Can't wait for that one. I mean, I, I cannot
7: wait to see... You know, you made the point of there's a there's a lot of guys right now in that Philly locker room that have their hand raised if someone asks who's the man. I think all those, you got three or four guys, you know Simmons, Embiid, uh, Butler, all those guys think they're gonna be the dude leading the charge. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see some guys shot hunting early. I just I, – not only is Toronto at home, I just like uh, – I like the fact – I like Kawhi's mental makeup. I think the rest of the team is going to be a little bit more uh, cool and calm. Role players tend to play better at home, uh, all those kinds of cliches. I think all kind of are going to impact things. But should be interesting. I mean, is the, you know, the, the one thing that we feel permeates greatly throughout uh, – throughout every single one of these series is you feel like the future of the franchise is very much in doubt, you know, based on this, the, the outcome of the
6: game, it's just what's going to happen with the Raptors. What's going to happen with the Sixers. We know that the Sixers were able to, to kind of exercise the demon of winning in Toronto earlier in the series in a game two, but they're just one in 15 straight up in their last 16 road games in Toronto. Yikes. So for them to step up and do it again, twice in this series would be something keeping you up to date of what's happening with Portland and Denver. Evan Turner's going to the free throw line and shooting two free throws with 8 seconds left to go. It's 99-96 as he makes the first. Evan Turner coming off the bench providing uh Portland. Uh, he's been good here yeah. late. He he's been he's been pretty solid. 12 points for Evan Turner off the bench for Portland and playing 20 minutes in a Portland team that has three players logging 40 plus McCollum, Lillard, and Ennis Cantor. Also want to let you know, 100 Rio of the Dodgers has a no hitter right now through seven innings. So we're keeping our eye on that one as Evan Turner makes both free throws. And now it's going to be difficult for the Nuggets who trail by four with eight seconds left to go. We are eight seconds away from a Portland Golden State Western Conference final.
7: Let me ask you a question. Put you on the spot here. Mo... Superstar most likely to stay at their current franchise: Kyrie,
6: Kevin Durant, or Kawhi. Uh, let's see. I would say, I would say Kawhi. Okay, because I,
7: I, I'm having a hard time getting a sense. He's so dang hard to read. That's you know. Why, I, I, yes, you I don't.
6: Know, I don't know. I don't think that the. I I just don't think that the Kyrie Celtics relationship Ooh. can last. I'm not sure how much Boston wants it to last. Right. I, I think it's
7: pretty clear that there that that situation's gone big time south, and especially, oh, especially I, and, if you and have same with KD, in, you know, not not that that's a relationship. I don't mean that relationship's gone south, but it feels like it's just there's way too much smoke around the Durant heading to New York thing for for. That to, to, for there not to be something to that.
6: Yeah, and this was this was something that on on Friday night when Golden State ended up winning against Houston, I was in on the Jason Smith show, and in in our pre show discourse that we had, the topic of conversation was brought up was how does Kevin Durant really feel about that yep, Friday night win? I, I think that is a I, that's why I almost wonder the you see the
7: video or the excuse me the picture that was posted on Instagram yes. of him celebrating like. Some ways that's smart, but to try to just immediate immediately alleviate that thought. Now, listen, just because you posted a picture doesn't mean that you felt a
6: certain type of way internally. Hey, this is what Facebook is built on: yep. lying about the true feelings Amen, of your
7: life. man, Dan Byer, yeah, what the, the perception isn't always reality. With with what's being portrayed on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. But I did think it was interesting to post that picture because I was thinking the exact same thing you were. I wonder what Durant is thinking watching. The the you know the old the, the turn back the clock to 2015 and watch Clay and Steph and Draymond lead uh, lead the way.
6: You're happy, but you're not that happy. Yeah, yeah you know like.
7: <laughs> well, I think it was a little bit like I wonder if you know Kyrie last year in Game Seven uh, when he was hurt. Remember, he didn't even go to the arena. I think he said he had some he had some some sort of surgery that was like really you had to, you sure. had to have that surgery well,
6: on that uh, during that time uh yeah i mean i think these guys have big egos man they really do i know we're up against it but portland has closed it out portland is one game 7 over denver 100 to 96 wow. blazers will be at oakland on tuesday to face the golden state warriors in game 1 of the western conference final jokic launched up a three was off the mark and then portland ran out the clock so they come back from that 17 point first half deficit to win by four my quick thought on this is I always love after the game. Do you like the handshake after, or do you mind if a player leaves the court without shaking hands once you lose? I don't have a problem with it to be honest. I you can always do that stuff within the tunnel. It's another Facebook reference. Like I don't need them to shake everyone's hand in front of everyone to show that I'm a good person. If they want to go shake Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum's hand in the tunnel or call him up after the game, that's their prerogative. But I know some people have problems with players leaving the court early.
7: I don't I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm really outraged. Like I could say I don't like it, but I do I really care. I don't really care, but do I do I think it's probably the right thing to do? "Quote unquote" to to at least at the end of a series to to shake hands. I probably say it's the right thing to do, but I don't know if that's just like years of that being ingrained in me or or, or what. I don't because I, I think what Harden Harden stormed off the other day. I don't think Harden stayed on the floor at all. But you've seen almost the entire Denver team stay on the floor and everybody's shaking hands. So I don't really care either way. Uh,
6: I, if if it were me, I'd stay on. I'd I'd stay on the floor and shake hands. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer running into the locker room and pouting. No, but this is Fox Sports <laughs> Sunday. How about McCollum, though,
7: man? We got to give that dude some love later on. Stepping the up to wow. the
6: plate, Trailblazers top the Nuggets behind 37 from C.J. McCollum. We are coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Find Nick on Twitter at Nick Ba. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. Coming up next, one rookie quarterback in the NFL is making quite an impression with his new team. We'll tell you who that is next here on Fox Sports Sunday.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip.
1: 21 plus only must be president in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening
4: The game is
5: over. At Farmers Insurance, we know every windshield collision has a unique sound: beetle, bird poop, drone. Seen it, covered it. Talk to farmers. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum,
8: bum, bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
6: Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. Blazers advance to the Western Conference Finals with a win over the Nuggets, 100 to 96. Golden State will host Portland coming up on Tuesday. Eastern Conference Finals start Wednesday in Milwaukee. Bucks still waiting to find out who they're going to play. Raptors and Sixers coming up at the top of the hour. Want to let you know, Nick and myself are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where we are joined by our good friend covering the NFL for Fox Sports Radio. And you can hear him on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Alex Marvez joins us here on Fox. Hey, Alex, happy Sunday. How are you?
3: I am doing just fine. Hopefully, a good Mother's Day for both of you. Obviously, a great Mother's Day for the Portland Trailblazers. Yes. <laughs> yes, it on is to the uh, Western Conference Finals. Very nice job N- by them.
6: Not so much for the uh, Nuggets fans, but hey, they'll just have to they'll have to deal with it. I, I think the last time we spoke it was either last week or the week before. I was mocking. well, I had to be last week because of uh, the rookie training camps about the hype about uh, Daniel Jones and the Giants. But now, Alex. I'm hearing the same amount of hype, and maybe even more so, about how Dwayne Haskins has looked for the Washington Redskins. So while it may be the same question, different people, is there something to read in about Dwayne Haskins' hype that's coming out of Redskins' rookie camp this week?
3: Well, yeah, because, I mean, the Giants' starting quarterback job, you know, at least in our, to our knowledge, isn't open. Okay, now if Daniel Jones is all that in a bag of donuts, you know, in, in the preseason, and Eli Manning is terrible, and by the way, slimmed down Eli Manning. Good guys mm-hmm. a little bit better. Yeah, interesting how that works out, right? Yeah. The guy who, who showed up in a little bit better physical shape at this part of the offseason, and don't, just don't take my word for it, that's actually from Mike Shula, but in this case... Jay Gruden saying, "Hey, we will have an open quarterback competition here for Dwayne Haskins," whereas the Giants haven't, you know, gone down that road. And of course, Kyler Murray already proclaimed the starter out in Arizona. So, you know, if Dwayne Haskins looks the part, I mean, he was, you know, throwing against air. I mean, sure. you know, in these mini camps. But you know, that being said, though, you know, he he did a nice job. And you know, look, the question is this: How quickly can you fast track a quarterback with one year of college starting experience? To be effective in 2019, and this is the conundrum, yes, conundrum, that one Jay Gruden finds himself in. Dan Snyder has shown an inordinate amount of patience with Jay Gruden to get his first playoff victory in our nation's capital, and it wasn't Jay's fault that basically everybody on the roster got injured on the offensive side of the football in the second half of the season last year, and a 6-2 and two start uh, doesn't translate to a postseason appearance. So, you know, that being said, there's only so much time that Jay Gruden has. So, you know, the question is, does does Case Keenum short term give him a better chance to win some games, right, and, and keep his gig, or is he developing Dwayne Haskins for the next head coach of the Washington Redskins in twenty twenty and you go through another seven and nine, eight and eight eight and eight type year? Tough deal, right? I will say this, though. Terry McLaren and Kelvin Harmon, two of the draft picks, the wide receiver draft picks by the Redskins, looking pretty darn good. In fact, uh, Dwayne Haskins already calling Kelvin Harmon baby Julio because of his size. And, uh, you know, yeah, and, and you know, Jay, Jay Gruden comparing him a little bit to Muhammad Sanu. And Kelvin was drafted around six out of NC State, six-two, two twenty-one. Big guys. So, look, the Redskins, they're going to be able to run the football. They have an outstanding offensive line. I, I mean, they're they are going to be an interesting team. By the way, Montez Sweat maybe the steal of the draft at 26. You pair him up uh, on the outside with, with uh, you know, Ryan Kerrigan, and you got a pretty nice-looking pass rush duo. So let's not sleep on the Redskins. But, you know, Dwayne Haskins, eh, still waiting a little bit, Wait and see on whether or not he's going to get that nod week one.
7: Alex, can you co- quantify the, the value or the importance of the fact that Kyler Murray's going to have – a guy in Cliff Kingsbury, that offense, the fact that he's comfortable with it, because often, oftentimes we see, you know, rookie quarterbacks that got to adjust to a couple of things. They got to adjust to the speed and the ability of these NFL defenses, and then for some, it's the playbook. I remember watching Hard Knocks, and Jared Goff couldn't get under center and, and get a snap. Like how much, how much does it help Murray that he is going to be a little bit familiar with the playbook?
3: It's funny that you say that because I'm not sure if you've been following the Broncos rookie minicamp this weekend but Drew Locke was struggling to get out the plays in the huddle right because okay. there's so much more verbiage than there what there was at Missouri I mean and just on a real quick aside here AJ Brown of the uh, Tennessee Titans had a real nice one-handed catch it's all over the inter- internet you know and, and you know against air in rookie minicamp but Ole Miss ran all of 11 plays during their their season. Now, they ran them out of different formations, but that was it. They had a very simple playbook. So the jump for these young men is significant. But for Colin Murray, look, this is a marriage made in heaven. From what I understand, you know, the people I talk to, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury's been wanting to work with Colin Murray forever. You know, and, and he feels that this offense suits him to a T. And that's one of the reasons you move on from Josh Rosen, because, look, Cliff Kingsbury, if you were going to hire Cliff Kingsbury, you basically chose him over Josh Rosen as far as the future of your franchise because you believe that Cliff Kingsbury can win. And I give the Cardinals credit for at least taking the plunge here and putting Cliff Kingsbury in a position where he can win. Now, look, there's a lot of moving parts in Arizona. I'm still so not convinced that this offensive line is going to be able to hold up. I mean, still some questions at the wide receiver position because there's a lot of young folks there beside Larry Fitzgerald. You know, no one really established outside of Larry. But, it, you know, Kyler Murray, he signed his deal. You know, by the way, making $35 million, $23 million, which is guaranteed. So congratulations to the young man, obviously making a little more cash than he would have from the Oakland A's. But, you know, wait and see. What I'm curious about is where we're at with Kyler Murray in week five, week six. Because, you know, look, teams are going to have to adjust to what Cliff Kingsbury's doing on offense early on in the season. It's going to be unfamiliar to them defensively. But then as time goes on and they figure out what Kingsbury's doing, how does Cliff then adjust if teams start stopping it, if you know what I mean. So going to be interesting to see the Cardinals. By the way, Detroit, week one, we saw how the Lions started last year, coming out of the gate against the New York Jets against a rookie quarterback. Not so good. This game in Glendale, going to be interesting to see if Kyler Murray can get on, the, on in the win column. Right away, and listen, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals end up being favored in that game by the time it's all said and done.
6: Alex Barvez joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Byer. I always think it's smart of the NFL to put Lions-Cardinals in Week 1 because nobody's going to that in Week 15. So they, they, <laughs> right. know what, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Just like years back, they put Browns-Buccaneers in Tampa in Week 1 because they knew in December uh, there's going to be five people at that game. The NFL right. knows what Smart. they're doing. Yeah, they know what they're doing. I want to stay in the AFC West, Alex, because it wasn't a surprise, but it became official. The Seahawks moving on from Cam Chancellor, and then the Doug Baldwin move, which kind of had everybody surprised around draft time and how serious uh, his injuries were. He's let go by the Seahawks. What was the sense around the NFL with those two moves uh, being made earlier this week by Seattle?
3: Well, I mean, Cam Chancellor, we knew his career was over. He was just being held on to for salary cap mm-hmm. reasons and ultimately gets that, that waived injury designation. Both he and Doug Baldwin now are entitled to $1.2 million in an injury settlement if neither plays football again. We know Chancellor isn't going to play again. Baldwin, he, he was rehabbing at the Seahawks facility as of last week. I mean, but he's so beat up, and, you know, he just it may just be it for him. And that's it. So Seattle, you know, they draft three wide receivers starting you know DK Metcalf the guy that they feel was was the biggest steal of the draft and you know he's look his his short shuttle time and three cone drill times were not good you know and when you're a big wide receiver like him you got to be able to get out of your break you got to be able to create some separation you know just being big and fast doesn't necessarily guarantee you NFL success but the Seahawks are gaga yes gaga so far over DK Metcalf, so expect for him to make, you know, an impact pretty darn quickly. Look, it's the end of an era in Seattle. It started last year as they began to jettison longtime players. This is Russell Wilson's team and a new era on defense. And I give the Seahawks credit as well for having some foresight here because Bobby Wagner's contract's coming up. Same thing with Jerron Reed. That's why they moved on from Frank Clark, but they turned four draft picks the week of the draft into 11 by the time all was said and done. And not everyone's going to make that team, but they have to be able to hit on draft picks to keep the salaries low so they can pay their star players like Russell Wilson. And who knows, maybe someday we'll get another Doug Baldwin, another Cam Chancellor, but obviously two of the players that just played huge roles in Seattle winning its first and only Super Bowl championship.
7: How do you anticipate, Alex, the the Dak Prescott contract situation all playing out here?
3: Uh, Probably in the vicinity, 31, 32 a year. Maybe 30. I mean, look, Dak is not in the best negotiating position simply because he's still got one year left on his contract at $2.5 million. But you can get yourself financial security, and we know how much Jerry Jones loves him some Dak Prescott. So I think ultimately he'll take a lesser deal than what you see a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers makes because he knows the alternative is playing under a franchise tag in 2020, and that isn't good for anybody involved. Isn't good for the Cowboys under their cap. Isn't good for Dak Prescott. The Cowboys have the money now to sign him to a deal. You know, Clarence Hill, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, says that Amari Cooper is balking at the numbers being thrown at him by the Cowboys. But you know what happens then is the Cowboys can then use a franchise tag on him if Dak Prescott's deal gets done. Then next in line is Zeke Elliott for a long-term deal. And you got to wonder about the future Byron Jones, uh, Jalen Smith at linebacker, and uh, also um, uh, Lyle Collins. Those are three other uh, pending free agents in 2019 for Dallas. But listen, I love... Love, 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 love the Cowboys offseason. I think they are a better team than what they were, a team that reached the second round of the playoffs, and I'm almost ready to cast them as the favorites in the NFC to go to Super Bowl oh, 54.
6: Oh, oh. oh, there it is, Cowboy fans. Look, we start with the Redskins, and then we give equal time to the Cowboys at the end. <laughs> That's what we do here on Fox Sports Sunday. Alex Barvez, we appreciate it. Can't wait to catch up again next week and dive into what's happening in the NFL as we are we are like almost at that midway point of, when Super Bowl 53 was played and when week one of the 2019 season starts. And it's got to be within like the next seven days or so. So we are we are at that midpoint of the NFL offseason. Appreciate yes, it, Alex.
3: Indeed. No problem at all, gentlemen. Be good. We'll do it again next week.
6: Alex Marvez. Find him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. The Western Conference Finals are set. It's the Warriors and Blazers starting Tuesday in Oakland. For more on that and where the Houston Rockets will go next. We'll dive into that here on Fox Sports Sunday. But first, David Gascon gives us the latest of what happened in the Mile High City. What's up, Dave?
9: Guys, it was, I mean, it was brass balls time for C.J. McCollum and the Portland Trail Blazers. Monster performance today. Ten seconds on the shot clock. Down to 14 of the game. C.J.
1: dribbles, free throw line jumper. Yes, he got it! And the Blazers back in front by three. 98-95. 11.4 left here in the fourth quarter.
9: Trailblazers Radio Network, a superhuman performance from McCollum, 17-29 on the day, 37 points. Guys, he was only one of three from downtown, that was it. Now, Damian Lillard didn't have much in the tank. He was two of nine from downtown, three of seven from the field, 13 points. Whatever it was though, Portland advances as they win game seven on the road after being down 17 points. 100-96 is the final score. you got the nightcap later on this evening at Philadelphia and Toronto. And according to Mark Stein of the New York Times, Brett Brown could be fired if Philadelphia does not win this game tonight. So stay tuned on all of that. Meanwhile, on the ice in Boston.
1: And the horn sounds. The Boston Bruins demolish the Carolina Hurricanes in game two. Your final, 6-2 Bruins. They get three goals from defensemen, two from Matt Greslick, and for the first time in the playoffs, they win each of the first two games in the series.
9: Bruins Radio Network, so they're now up in this series, two games to love in Major League Baseball. Dodgers going out with the Nationals. Gerardo Parra after yesterday's grand slam broke up. Hinjin Ryu's no-hit bid in the eighth inning. He goes seven and two-thirds of shutout no-hit ball until that one came down. Dodgers still lead at home over the Nationals. It's 2-0 as they head to the home half of the eighth inning in that affair. Other scores around the diamond right now as we look at what's going on, especially earlier on today with the Boston Red Sox doing work. Here he swings and drives one high and deep into left field. It is way back toward the monster, and it is gone. Touch of ball, J.D. Home run number six here in the first. Sixth home run of the season for J.D. Martinez as the Red Sox smother the Mariners 11-2. Athletics losing at home to Cleveland 5-3. Angels got a home run from Mike Trout, but it's not enough in Baltimore. The trail 5-1. Reds and Giants right now in the eighth inning. It's locked up at four apiece. Back to Dan Byer and Nick Baugh in 10 seconds, but first a word from our friends at Farmers.
5: At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it, covered it. Talk to farmers.
8: We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
9: Always be closing.
8: <laughs> Man.
6: <laughs> Appreciate it, Dave. He's
8: David Gascon. That's Nick Baugh. I'm Dan
6: Bayer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app and FoxSportsRadio.com. And if you ever missed the show, simple. Just go to FoxSportsRadio.com. Click on Podcast. You can find this show under Fox Sports Radio Weekends in all of our great weekend programming.
7: Dan, you think about it. I think the iconic moment so far of the playoffs was Lillard's step back three, but I'm not so sure that Friday night, game six, Warriors Rockets wasn't hasn't been the 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 iconic game so far. And when you think about when you think about Houston last year. So, you know, Chris Paul goes down. Uh he misses the final two games in the Western Conference Finals against the the Warriors mm-hmm. and Houston they were at home for game 7. And they just missed 27 straight threes. You kind of go like, listen, down Chris Paul, you missed 27 straight threes. How often is that going to happen? You you could kind of like rationalize it in your head
6: because sure. you're Houston.
7: Yeah. But this year, a little different, right? I mean, Kevin Durant goes down in the third quarter of Game 5. You you get it to where it's a tie game. You can't close it out. Okay. Well, then here comes Game 6. No Kevin Durant. You, Houston's at home. And you lose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it was an epic game and an epic moment for, for you know the warriors in some ways, and then obviously the rockets in very different ways. So for some there's always that fine line of like overreacting versus staying the course. I know this this may sound crazy. I kind of think Houston just stays the course right now in terms of, like, what's next for the Rockets. Don't you feel like – so Durant's probably going to leave the Warriors. There's going to be a whole bunch of shuffling yeah.
6: around the NBA. Sometimes the best move, Dan, is no move if you're Houston. I That's where I see them going for the simple fact of in point of I don't know where they can go. That's true. Because of them being so locked in on contracts. I mean – they they are locked in with not only James Harden and Chris Paul, but remember they gave Clint Capella uh, not a huge deal for actually how well he played at the end of the uh in the postseason last year, but he's locked up. You've got Eric Gordon locked up for a couple of seasons, but it's the Paul and Harden deals, and obviously you want to pay Harden, so it's focused on the Chris Paul deal they just don't have a lot of flexibility. I mean, to look at what they had to do to try to bring in just Carmelo Anthony in this offseason and that's that's where I am if I'm a Houston Rockets fan and I was thinking about that this morning of I you don't feel any better than you do than you did on Friday night thinking of what's ahead because there can't be that much ahead. The only thing that you can hope for is that maybe Golden State takes a step back and what I would say is well, the Clippers are probably going to get better. Mm-hmm. We expect them to be active in free agency. You've now got a Portland team that's made it to a Western Conference final. We expect Denver to continue to be like like there's there's no room for them to to stay status quo, but they may have to. So to your point, I think that's what they do, but it's almost because it's the only thing that can happen with them because of how tied up they are with the with the Chris Paul contract. Remember it was it looked like it was a 4-year deal to cash in on this year. And and I I equated it to buying a couch, where there's no interest the first 12 months, but then afterwards you better get that sucker paid off in the first 12 months. Right. Otherwise, you're going to be you're, you're going to be paying out the wahoo. And that's what the Rockets are doing right now. They didn't get their balance to zero, and now they're going to owe. Oh, and I think they're going to pay for it over these right. next couple of seasons. I just I, I it's hard because I get that sports
7: are a bottom line business, and you either got it done or you didn't. But I also think sometimes, if, if I'm just coming at this from like a uh, like I'm Daryl Morey, I'm I'm like a I'm I'm big picturing it here. Y- you can either be process oriented or results oriented, and oftentimes if you're not invested in the process, the results aren't going to really matter. And I just I feel like Houston's maybe a little closer than you think. I mean, last year could have gone either way. This year, I mean, in some ways could I mean you went toe to toe. Two straight years, uh, and and also the with how the seeding broke out, they could have. I mean, th- there were just a few games that were separating them from being on the opposite side of the bracket, and could have met them in the Western Conference. So I I just I don't know. I, I'm it's hard because I'm not a Rockets guy. You know, I don't I don't like that style, and so I'm sitting here like arguing for them to like stay the
6: course. But sure. I just I, I think I think there's something to being closer than you think right now. Here's where where I look at at Houston, and they're they're five and eight in their 13 playoff games that they've played against Golden State these last two seasons. In this series, every game was within a six point difference, whether it's one way or the other. My issue again goes back to Chris Paul, yeah, where we started to, started to see some cracks in the armor that maybe he wasn't the Chris Paul. And and in Chris Paul's defense. He was really good in game six on Friday night, but you're not going to get that every single night. So I think as you as you've got your core there, where you would look at a Golden State and say their core three of Draymond, Steph, and Clay are going to continue to play at that level. I don't think you can say that with Houston. And and I don't know how much better James Harden can play. I don't know how much better Clint Capelli he could probably be more consistent, which would help them, but I don't think Chris Paul gets better. And that's what worries me. He may may stay the same, and that's best-case scenario for Houston, considering where he is with his age and considering where he is with his body. And that's why why I'm concerned. That's why I also think, Nick, they didn't mind paying Chris Paul this ridiculous contract because it was all about this year, and now they're going to have to deal with the ramifications of what comes up in these next three years that he's under contract.
7: And and I know the... The, the, the reality that you're pointing out is that they're a little bit stuck in, in kind of where they're at and you know, I know Dante Jones th- uh, in you know in the show before us throughout the idea of you know maybe piecing together some sort of trade whether yes. it's be with the Lakers or whatever but here's the thing you have to remember. You know, people like because I think Dante threw out the idea of piecing together some sort of trade to the so he, so we trade to, you'd get LeBron. Is that <laughs> is that what you like?
6: LeBron goes to Houston for Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, and PJ Tucker.
7: See, and like uh, like that's one of those things that like you go, oh my god, Chris Paul, Harden, and LeBron. Well, there's also fit. Like the one thing you always have to think about whenever Houston's making a trade is whoever's coming in, unless all of a sudden Houston's going to completely change how they play and not let Harden, you know, dribble the ball for the entire possession and go ISO ball and let him do his thing. I, you know, it has to make sense on who you're bringing in. If that, you, if, if sure. you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like certainly LeBron would make any team better, but at the same time, I think there's a, there, there's a method to the madness of how Daryl Morey's constructing his roster and with anybody you trade for, it has to make sense on the court and, I don't know, as crazy as it sounds, I mean, LeBron, I just don't know what, how, like, imagine LeBron playing what, like, PJ Tucker's well, role, so he's going to st- catch and shoot. Like, you know, I don't, I just don't even know what that is. LeBron going to be Clint Capella and going to be a small ball five? Well, yeah. That's, I don't get
6: it. And I'll take this in the Lakers' end. There's no way they do this. Yeah, me. right. There, that, that's one of those things it's easy to, it's easy to talk about. It's hard to do. So, 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 Gavin, our executive producer, who is the executive producer of Hartman and Dante's show. This is what I do their trade. Wow! Yeah, right there. I By the way that, way, that went in. I did a hook shot over my shoulder, and it went in across the room. There it is. Oh, Just goodness. because it works in the trade machine doesn't mean it's going to work in the real world. He's Nick Ba. I'm Great Dan Byer. Crumple. That was a really good crumbling up of. A piece I could of have could have torn it torn it, but we went with the uh, yeah. We went with the crumple. Uh, he's Nick Ba. I'm Dan buyer Find Nick on Twitter at Nick Ba. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. It is Fox Sports Sunday. The Lakers apparently. haven't have hired a head coach in frank vogel but there's a reason they want jason kidd so much and you wouldn't believe it we'll tell you what it is next year on fox sports sunday
5: at farmers insurance we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing and a less than perfect one seen it
8: covered it talk to farmers we are farmers underwritten by farmers truck fire insurance exchanges and affiliates products not available in every state
6: Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. Glad to have you with us as the Blazers are on to the Western Conference Finals, beating Portland today 100-96 to at the top of the hour. Sixers and Raptors will get their Game 7 underway from Toronto. The other big news this weekend in the NBA, aside from the games being played, is it looks like the Lakers are getting a new head coach in the form of Frank Vogel. Just nothing official from the Lakers just yet. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You can find Nick on Twitter. Twitter. Twitter at Nick Ba. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. And as much as the names have been thrown out in this Lakers search, Nick of who's going to be the head coach, who is going to be the assistant coaches to those head coaches, has also been a topic of conversation. And Jason Kidd's name not only was brought up as a candidate as he interviewed for the head coaching job, but also was rumored to be used as an assistant if Ty Lue would have gotten the job, and now also going to be an assistant under Frank Vogel. If the Lakers officially name him as their head coach reports say that Vogel is going to get the job, but still nothing official from the Lakers. And I just I just was scratching my head of like, how does Jason Kidd continue to be a part of this equation? Right. What's the fascination? and, and, and And I think I found something and it's not of him being a Hall of Fame player. It's not of him relating to LeBron James. It's not of him being able to mentor and nurture Lonzo Ball and develop him him into a player like Jason Kidd couldn't shoot the three when he right. was younger. Yet now when you talk about three-point shooters, at least total-wise in the NBA history, Jason Kidd is one of the best. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I actually think it's a long-term play for the Lakers to have Jason Kidd in the fold. For a chance to try to sign Giannis and Tetacumpo if he ever becomes a free agent. It's wow. the only reason that I think that Jason Kidd's name would constantly be brought up as a member of the Lakers. I mean, we know that teams are we're already planning for Anthony Davis's free agent bid. And there are teams that are already trying to figure out a way that if Giannis were to enter free agency, what way, you know, where could they position themselves to make a run at him? And I think that the Lakers look at it and realize the close relationship that Giannis had with Jason Kidd as that being one of their opportunities. It's the only reason that I could think a team would want to keep Jason Kidd around in the conversation as much as the Lakers have.
7: Right? I guess anymore, you, to, you have to think like two years down the road with things, yes. with certain hires, you know. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I mean, as 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 crazy on the surface as that sounds. I'm just I, when you try to comb through the the reasons why a team would be fat because you know, it's not like kid you know k- kid's a California guy but he's not a f- former Laker you know yeah. like he's it's not Bay like, Area kid yeah, yeah. I mean it, it's it's not like there's that there's that connection to it, um, it but it, it, real quick because you obviously you're you you know the Bucks well based on everything that I and all I can do is just it's not like me and Giannis go have coffee
6: together and that, but everything <laughs> I read about and hear about. Boy, it seems like Giannis is going to I'd be surprised to see him leave. Wouldn't that, you? That's the sense that I get and there are even comments that he has made throughout the season of him, you know, Milwaukee fits him well of not wanting to go to a, you know, a big market it, or yeah. be, and and but that's what the Lakers are and that's why I think Kid's role because when Kid got fired by the Bucks, Giannis took it somewhat hard. Said he he wanted to make phone calls to members of the Bucks front office to try to make them change their minds. Because he wanted kid to stay on as head coach. There may be some responsibility within that. But I almost think it's a long-term play. Not even so much to replace whoever is the head coach if things go awry. But to maybe be like, hey, look, we got one of your guys out here if you do really want to leave Milwaukee. By the way, I agree with you. I think it's a total long shot. <laughs> totally. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, the Sixers play the role well. We'll tell you what role that is next. It is a Sunday and a happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there and the grandmas and those who play the role of mom. A very happy Mother's Day to you. Glad to have you with us as we are minutes away from Tip in Toronto. Raptors taking on the Sixers in the Eastern Conference semifinals. As you heard, in the Western Conference semis, Portland, is is on to the Western Conference Finals with a 196 victory over the Nuggets. And Nick, a bit of trivia, I love geography, I love maps and different stuff like that. Only the fourth time since 2000 that we have got a Western Conference Final with both teams of the Pacific time zone. Really? Yes, first time since 2010. We can blame the Spurs for a lot of this right. because of, of their success, but you have in 2010 it was Lakers and Suns. In 2002 you had Lakers and Kings in that series that was known as the Donahue series yeah, and yeah. what could have been for sacramento in 2000 lakers and trailblazers in that seven game series that propelled uh the lakers and Shaq and kobe to their first championship together you know so you've got that
7: can can i tell you so for those that don't know uh obviously dan is in the, the geico fox sports radio studios in sunny los angeles i'm in omaha nebraska okay and can i just tell you you are so lucky. And I know you get it because you, you were you've been in the Midwest. Yes. Sports on Pacific time have to just be like incredible. The <laughs> fact that you these Western conference playoff games,
6: Dan, are killing my sleep. I know. Just killing me. It's it's difficult. There are some there are some there is one trade off. College football is really early. But now with the way that TV has gone. You don't get a lot of great games at noon Eastern, right. nine Pacific, right? But you know, on Saturday, which is my day off, my day to sleep in. You know what? May uh, may tune into a game midway through the first quarter. There have been times where I've leaned over and checked my phone to see what oh the score gosh, of a game is while just, waking oh. up. But there is something. There is something that, and you being in Omaha and me uh, growing up and, and being born in Wisconsin in the Central Time Zone is. There is something sacred about the noon kickoff for the NFL. Because Agreed. you just assume that, hey, well, noon, duh, it's noon and there's always something about that. I remember the first time I went on the east in the eastern time zone well, I didn't travel much when I was a kid, but <laughs> it was a Sunday in the NFL, and it's twelve forty-five on a Sunday, and there's no football. Like I have no idea on how it's commonplace in the NFL to to have that, but the whole entire eastern uh, part of the U.S. has to deal with that. I would say it's probably a majority of the people have to deal yeah, with that well. one o'clock kick and the nine o'clock Eastern Time starts that some of these games. I'm have.
7: always uh, I'm always struck at whenever I get the opportunity to to come to L.A. and do some some studio for college basketball with FS1. First of all, with like w- you know, we got to get there at like six a.m. because our pregame show starts at like sure. at eight. You know yeah. what I mean? So and and I'm always amazed. Like by the time our you know we'll have like a Fox triple header, I'm back at my hotel at like two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, this is great.
6: Oh, oh. oh what's 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 the the true gem in all of this? And people may be mad, but the first week of the NFL season. The Sunday night game is done, and it's still somewhat light out. Oh, so man. yeah, well, you've got you got you got a hint of it. It's not it's not daylight, but it's but there. Yes, yes, but there's like a hint. The sun is not up, but there's still a hint of. All right, if you had to do something to go outside, you can still do that. The,
7: the weird thing for me this year was, I was I was doing studio on Super Bowl Sunday. So you know we wrap up our, oh, yes. our our coverage, and the Super Bowl started at like three. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Jeez, I'm not me- I'm not like emotionally like I'm like I know whoa, whoa 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 I'm not I'm not ready for this. I'm not mentally ready to go. That's I'm, just, I'm jealous and envious of you and your your sports time clock.
6: We here. we do have an advantage, and that's what's so funny about Super Bowls. And when you look back at at previous Super Bowls, the Super Bowls that you have here, like Super Bowl fifty, I've been fortunate enough for Fox Sports Radio covered the last fourteen Super Bowls. So it's very, very lucky to be able to go in and, and attend those games. But the Super Bowl fifty between the Broncos and uh, Panthers was in San Francisco and it was our, our first West Coast Super Bowl. You had right? Super Bowls in Arizona, but you had the roof and it was I think it was closed for Giants and Patriots and, and I know it was open for for Seahawks and, and Patriots, but you still get the sense that you're inside. Coldplay came out for halftime in the daylight. Like <laughs> wow. like the first half was done and it was still light out. And when you look back at previous Super Bowls, the Michael Jackson halftime show of the Cowboys Bills Super Bowl, which was Super Bowl twenty seven, that halftime show was in the middle of the day. Like 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 crazy. Like, like when he comes out and they shoot fireworks, right. it's still daylight. That's that's the crazy thing about the the Pacific time zone and Super Bowls.
7: Yeah, and that's and we're just thinking of like the sun and games. One of one of the coolest scenes is when the sun is setting at the Rose Bowl. You know, yes. like during the game, like it is like, Oh, is this just like nostalgia all the way? <laughs> like this is just so gorgeous and so great. I just want I just wanted to let you know that like there, I'm. There's a lot of. I'm. I'm jealous. You get to hang out with Gottlieb every day and all that stuff. But like, I'm jealous that you get to watch sports uh, in, on on West Coast time. There, there just, are I'm jealous man.
6: Definite, definite advantages. You'll just have to come out and join us more. Yes. That, that's what you got to do. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Hey, Raptors are up early on the Sixers. That game is just underway. 6-0. The only reason I bring it up, I usually don't bring up 6-0 scores unless it's in the bottom of the ninth inning. But we're three minutes into this game and Philadelphia hasn't scored. And this was one of the issues that we talked about of what Philadelphia team is going to show up and of these players each having something to prove who is going to want to prove the most. Jimmy Butler starts out 0-3 from the field Joel Embiid starts out 0 of three from the field, so there's something. You know, Toronto comes out playing well at home; you'd expect them to, but Philadelphia still taking a while for them to get some traction.
7: Yeah, we were concerned. I mean, you got a bunch of guys that all think they're the man might be hunting a little early, and uh, it's and sometimes when people are hunting early, it's sometimes hard if they better those shots better be falling, or it's hard to find a rhythm. And we'll see who ends up kind of uh, emerging as the as the alpha. But yeah. not, I I just I'm a believer in. Basketball is one of those weird sports where, yes, it's about stockpiling talent, but I believe in kind of like there needing to be a a hierarchy, a chain of command, a totem pole, however you want to put it, where it's like everyone understands who the guy is. And uh, with Philly, you got a bunch of different dudes that all could make the case to to be the man, and sometimes that's problematic.
6: And maybe that's what makes Portland so unique and, and somewhat special because they were down 17 in their game to the Nuggets in the first half rally for a four-point victory, and it was not on the shoulders of Damian Lillard. Instead, it was on the shoulders of C.J. McCollum, who goes 17 of 29 from the floor, does a lot of the heavy lifting for 37 points, including a key bucket late. Here's C.J. McCollum, the Blazers guard, after their win in Denver.
10: C.J., just an amazing performance. Uh, I've seen a lot of basketball. Incredible the way you played. Um, Your thoughts on... What kind of zone you were in, because at some point it looked like you could not miss tonight. Uh, your thoughts on your game tonight?
2: I thought I was aggressive um, before the game. Uh, my brother texted me, told me not to settle. He told me to get to the mid-range, get to the floater, get to the, get to the rim as much as possible. So I just tried to be aggressive. Um, I thought I played a, a pretty solid game. I thought I missed on a, a few plays. I had a pomfet guy got in the air. I should have jumped into him. I cost us two points on that possession. I missed some left-hand layups in. I think I shot one too many threes, but uh, besides that, I think I, I played pretty well. I wanted to empty the clip tonight, and I thought I did that.
6: I would love if the reporter said, I've never watched basketball, but I was impressed. <laughs> it was what you did really good. Right. That yeah, was, it seems <laughs> like that was pretty good. Everybody,
7: everybody around me said, you know, scoring 30, 30 plus pretty good, you know? <laughs> I
6: haven't seen anything. I don't know uh, what yeah, the yeah. object of this game really <laughs> is. They're, they're telling me you played well. But his point about, I mean, he only shot three threes. I right. mean, he attacked from different points to to carry this team in, in that game seven. And in a day and age where the three-pointer, we talked about does the does the the style of the NBA and the style of these teams rub some maybe old-school people the wrong way, uh, C.J. McCollum went old-school tonight and leading yeah, them to a win. I, I, you know, one of the things, with all that said, one one of the things that may help Portland at times,
7: you never want to have redundancy of talent and style of play in basketball in terms of your personnel on the floor. But something that helps Portland is McCollum and Lillard's games are very similar. And when when Lillard isn't rolling, you can kind of just run everything through McCollum and it's very similar. You know what I mean? Like it's a yeah. lot of the same actions, it's a lot of the same looks, it's a lot of the same shots. Like that's just that's something. You know, like I think I think it helps when you don't have to totally reinvent yourself if your top dog isn't
6: firing, where you can just kind of slide over, give the ball to Robin, if you will, and it's a lot of the same stuff. The uh the Blazers go on, and now we're seeing a bunch of stats on how Seth Curry and Steph Curry are gonna be the first pair of brothers to face off in an NBA playoff game since since dating all the way back to twenty seventeen. So you've got that, the Gasol <laughs> brothers, History, two years ago. So as much as you want to jam this Curry storyline down our throat, uh, the Gasol brothers are like, hey, we've been here for a while. And in fact, if Pau was healthy, you would have Gasol against Gasol in the Eastern True. Conference Finals True. if the Raptors end up prevailing, which they uh, have an early lead against the Sixers. One point about the Sixers that I, I, I do want to make, because we've talked about them and them maybe not getting along or each wanting theirs. I do think that the Sixers' role of of a villain fits them well, uh-huh. where they were actually the team that, because they lost so much, you maybe wanted to jump on the bandwagon. But with the personalities that they have brought in with the mix and – Like, like Brett Brown seems like the coolest guy in the world and he may get a raw deal if he's not the the head coach of the 76ers, but we've seen raw deals happen in sports all over the time. So I'm not going to, not going to cry about that. But the point is, is it's funny to me for a team that hasn't accomplished is when you take that turn from baby face to heel. And I think that the Sixers have done that and they play that, that villain role. Well, there's, there's not a lot of people outside of Philadelphia that like Philadelphia teams. And I think that the Sixers really play that role well with the, with their current makeup of their squad.
7: Yeah, in, in a weird you don't get a lot of bandwagon Sixers fans. Like you don't, it's no. rare to meet someone like, "Yeah, I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee and I love the Philadelphia yeah. 76ers." <laughs> yes. You know, like you just don't get a lot of that. And I totally agree you you just go through their their top dudes and you know, Embiid is kind of funny to me. Like I think some of the stuff he does is kind of funny, but I mean, he he's a guy, he's a chatterbox, right? Like so that's going to rub some people wrong, the wrong way. I mean, Jimmy Butler has like just been out I mean, left locker rooms in chaos in, in mm-hmm. his wake. And then Simmons is a guy, and I'm, this might just be me, he he seems like a guy that doesn't seem like he's – like has the has the hunger that some other superstars have, the drive to be better, the competitive just like – it looks like it kills Giannis when things don't go well, and it killed Kobe, and there's just a hunger that was palpable when you watch those guys play. I don't know if I feel with Simmons, but I, I think the combination of, like you said, the city – with their roster kind of suits them to end up kind of being unlikable villains.
6: Yeah, I don't see anybody who who warms up to them and is like, yeah, this is my team. Like, Embiid has the personality to do so, but there's also of him playing that heel role that I, I I think it's I actually think it's good for the NBA. I think it's good to have bad guys, and I think that the Sixers play that role well. By the way, uh, they've held Toronto scoreless for the last four minutes, six five midway through the first quarter. Maybe both of these teams feeling themselves out in this game seven. Did
7: Gavin have the under?
6: I just needed to like eat this. Gavin <laughs> under. Away. We got the under going. I, what we
7: got. I, man? I should have unders have destroyed in the playoffs. It's been awesome. <laughs> Come on, Gavin. I stayed away. I've got Raptors to win the East. How about that? This guys? is okay, this good, is the
6: good this, for you. This is the amateur in me in gambling I only like I like to bet overs because then you're cheering for both teams yeah when you bet unders (laughs) you're cheering against both teams and that's very difficult to do because it's such a negative experience but when both teams are nailing threes and you're like it's a lot more fun in my mind to bet the over than it is to bet the by the way if you want to up
7: your math game bet more totals because you're always factoring. Okay, how much time is
6: left, and we still need sixty points. And, yeah, yeah,
7: that's, that's yeah, that's that's too much addition for me. That's <laughs> we're already we're already. I, I wasn't I wasn't told there'd be way too much math here. This is this isn't good. At least when you bet the under, Dan, you're a winner for the majority of the game, right? I mean, you're a winner. You're at least you're going to be a winner for like ninety eight percent of the game.
6: There is there is something to the feeling of just being on the under like by a point and watching the team run out the shot clock. Yeah. Wh- where it's just like, se- like it's 17 <laughs> seconds of just, you know, you're going to win and they're just, you know, shaking hands and they're going to move on. There's something to that that is really enjoyable. Agree. Agree. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 50 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. The winner of this game gets the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals coming up on Wednesday in game one in Milwaukee. Bucks got there by beating the Celtics oh yeah about those Celtics where the heck do they go from here we talk about that next year on Fox Sports Sunday
0: there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for
6: or the perfect table
0: hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your Amex platinum card hey this looks amazing I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
5: From a car landing on a roof to a car landing in a pool, we've covered it. Talk to Farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two.
8: We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
6: Raptors up on the Sixers, 14 to 7. Four minutes to go in the first quarter of their game seven of the Eastern Conference semifinals. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Beyer. You can find Nick on Twitter at Nick Ba. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. And you can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app and FoxSportsRadio.com as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Have
7: you have you seen the? Uh, you've heard of the movie Grown Ups, right? Adam yes. Sandler. Yeah. yeah. The, I, I think so. The, the Celtics this year, to me, were a lot like the movie Grown Ups. Like, if you look at the, the cast of Grown Ups, it's like Adam Sandler, funny. Chris Rock, funny. Kevin James, funny. David Spade, funny. Somehow, all those funny people came together and made a movie that just wasn't that funny. Like, I think the Boston Celtics, you go, Jason Tatum, baller. Hey, man. Gordon Hayward, pretty good player. Al Horford, man. Guy's just always pretty solid. Hey, Kyrie Irving, solid. Somehow you put them all on the same team and it just they weren't that good somehow they regressed from last year and so you think Dan about like okay what is next for Boston they, who felt like they were in like the best position short term long term all of it. what do you do now I think this you I think I want to start the conversation with Kyrie I don't I think it's always in your best interest to sign him to control that asset. But does Boston want him back? Like can you run this whole thing back? No, because clearly that was a broken group.
6: Yeah, I think that there is there is an issue with the chemistry and I know Marcus Smart came to the defense of Kyrie Irving, but yeah, Terry Rozier talking about how much he sacrificed for you know, for yep. the good of that team for them to to allow Kyrie Irving to come in and take over his role and do what he did. And when you say something like that, there is usually a reason that you're saying that. Like, for the simple fact of of that, like, okay, I sacrificed. I'm the one that gave up. Why should I give up uh, anything anymore? Right. Or it was, I was the one that sacrificed, and look what he brought us, which goes back to Kyrie Irving. And in this, you, you asked me the question earlier about who is, uh, who is most likely to stay between Kawhi, Kevin Durant, or Kyrie Irving in their current situations, and I just put... Kawhi in there for the for the same reason that that you said. of we we just don't, we seem like we don't know enough about <laughs> him read, no. to, to really yeah get a read on him. He's the hardest I,
7: guy to play poker against in the world. He'd be like, yeah. I have no idea what you're thinking. I, I think that
6: we know about Kyrie, and I think that we know about Kyrie pretty well. And and I know he called up LeBron James during the season to apologize and to say, Hey, I understand what you're saying, but. I don't think that was to say, Hey, LeBron, I want to team up with you. I think it's more of like clearing the conscience of being like, okay, I see what you've done. I think that Kyrie is the one with his eyes on New York of him wanting to do his own thing. And, and that's why I think of, of he's, he's from the area. So there's, there's that tie in as well, where Durant is from DC and, and, I don't know if New York is is for Kevin Durant. I think that the the Knicks and Kyrie Irving seem to really be the fit this offseason. So of of those 3 that we put, like I I think that Kyrie leaves with no one having any regrets. It's like that bad relationship that you had, you yep. know what? It just didn't work out. You go marry that guy, I'll go marry this girl and we'll be, you know, we'll, we'll be cool. We don't have to be friends, but there's no there's no hate or animosity. It's just move on and be good with it. And Ange, listen. I mean, it's hindsight's always twenty
7: twenty. It was a great trade. I mean, you know what I mean. It, it was y- yeah. You yes. In the moment, it was like, oh my gosh, is this this is highway robbery here?
6: I mean, so I actually thought in the moment, I'm like, wow, good job, Cavs, for getting what you did. And then when you look at what they got, <laughs>
7: right, right? You're like, wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> Things always are so much clearer after the fact. Yes. I, you know, I I I'm with you. There, there's there's always that what you want to happen. And what you think will happen? I'm with you. What I think will happen is Kyrie's going to go to New York. What I want him to do is, I think he needs to go to L.A. and get back with LeBron because I really, yeah, because I understand that like, as guys, like we always want to challenge ourselves in this world. I totally get that. I think I understand where Kyrie was coming from of like. All right, I you know I, I hit one of the biggest shots in NBA history with the shot over Steph in, in 2016. Um, I want to go see if I can be Batman for a franchise. Like I get challenging yourself, but I also think we should all strive to be the best version of ourselves. And in my opinion, Kyrie Irving was the best version of Kyrie Irving when he was with LeBron, because when LeBron, LeBron's like the human shield for all the things that Kyrie stinks at and doesn't want to have to deal with. The media, uh, answering questions, leadership, consistency, body language, all those things when you are Batman are are non-negotiable. When you're Robin, eh, you know, no one really, you know, you, you can have a, 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 bad press conference Mm -hmm. or have a bad game or a bad moment. People don't really care. To me, he goes back with LeBron to LA. He gets to go back to being what he is best at to me is that in Elite number 2 and Elite Robin, to stick with the Batman analogy, I, I think he's the best version of himself with Bron Bron.
6: I find it interesting in Kawhi's career, and you talk about this of his the best version, was that wherever he was, you don't feel like you got the full of fully what you ordered. You thought you ordered the five piece chicken tender and they only gave you four. You buy the eight piece frozen fish at the supermarket. There's (laughs) only seven pieces in there because he goes to Duke gets hurt, uh, ends up returning in the NCAA tournament They get us to the Sweet 16, goes to the NBA. Gets drafted number one overall by the Cavs. I think that's lockout year, so they don't have a full season. Have a couple of of bad years where they don't make the playoffs, some of that with injury time. Then LeBron comes in. And so then it's Kyrie and LeBron, and they have that, what you call the best of, but then all of a sudden it's broken up because Kyrie gets traded to Boston. Then he goes to Boston and is there for – two years where there's injuries and then there's dramas there's never been a time where he has been anywhere and really settled in except maybe during that run in Cleveland and that didn't even last long right and so like to to that point I can see what you're saying is there's there's always been something with Kyrie and maybe it is of, of of putting him back together with LeBron because that's the best that it's been because in those other spots realistically It hasn't been good. Duke got ousted from the tournament. Cavs never made the playoffs when LeBron wasn't there. Goes to Boston, gets hurt, and then ruins the chemistry of another team. Like, look at... all of that with the shot to win the you know game seven of the 2016 NBA Finals, so I, I I can I can see that where that brought out the best. That's like that like like my buddy, he's really good with that girl. Like he may yes, date some right. crazies, but he needs to stay with Joanna because she's the one that can keep him in place. That I can see what you're saying with Kyrie and the Lakers, but uh, Kyrie and LeBron, I just don't. Yeah, yeah. I I mean because I'm with you. I think I think when we talk about the best version of yourself,
7: that oftentimes comes down to who. What situation accentuates my strengths and and masks my weaknesses? And to me, I thought one of the things we learned this year in particular was when Kyrie Irving has to be the face of a franchise, the number one guy, it accentuates his weaknesses and masks some of his strengths. And I, I I've I think there's something to that. And you you laid it all out i mean there's a the difference between being really talented and being really valuable to wins and losses like i mean think about just think about just in recent history what you laid out like boston went boston went to the eastern conference finals without kyrie this year lost in the you know the semifinals the cleveland cavaliers went to the finals with kyrie went to the finals without kyrie mm-hmm. like it's uh you could build a pretty compelling case that his his value isn't overly high, but I think anybody that watches him when he was with LeBron,
6: God, he he's just he suits LeBron really well. He really does. And it's tough to take a talent like that and put that in a role where it's complimented because he is or is complimentary, as you yep. said, because he is so talented. And oh. I mean when you're talking about like one on one moves and 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 playing, I mean he's He's a top four guy in the NBA. He's like, oh man! I mean, so. he is special. Like like in just terms of put
7: ball in basket, one on one, ISO. That guy is off the charts. But all the other stuff, you know. That, I mean, just that 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 and that's why. I mean, again, we always talk about hindsight. Like, I mean, the fact that I hitched my wagon to Boston is just like, man, am I like how dumb am I in <laughs> hindsight? But I mean, you just you you looked at. I mean, it was four-one Milwaukee in that series, and in all reality, Dan, it was four butt kickings. Yes, like four, and I get that Milwaukee. A part of this conversation is Milwaukee's for real, right? But like, some of this has to also be like, jeesh, How I mean, Boston was like lifeless.
6: True, very true, and I, and I do think, and I'm not putting you in this because I respect your opinion, and I know you watch basketball and how things play out. There is a lot of the message about Milwaukee. That's what got under my skin was, and I guess there's some, you know, Bucks fandom in all of this, but also in realizing that if there was a different name on that jersey, if that jersey said Knicks or Bulls or Golden State Warriors instead of Bucks, there would have been a different narrative. To that. Yeah, probably, I, like I, it's 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 for the for what they have put together and you see like it listen, I don't think George Hill would play the way that he did in the in the in that series because he was really really good. But they're really good from 1 1 through 10. Like yes, they, they when are. Brogdon's healthy and I just don't think people realize that. I saw a lot of of apologies on Twitter this week for people realizing and missing the boat on Milwaukee now that we're halfway through the yeah, playoffs. Yeah. And
7: I know I know we're going to get to update here in a second, but like my 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 thing was we've seen teams in the East in particular have great regular seasons and then You know, be a one seed or a two seed or whatever, and then not live up to it in the playoffs. I think we all can acknowledge Mm -hmm. there's kind of a a difference between regular season success and playoff success at times. And then for me, I thought. All right, here's a superstar in Giannis who's great, but I mean, is he ready to is he is he ready for this moment to really punch through? He's clearly answered that bell, and we have a historical precedent set that oftentimes your second best player, your number 2, should probably be a top 15 player in the NBA if you really think you're going to win a championship, and I just don't think Middleton is that. So like, I just saw enough of these these issues popping up, where I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And then on the other hand, I saw Boston with all that talent. But I mean, again, I think what you find out is like when you got the best player in the series and the roster cohesion and chemistry is right, you yeah. got a really good chance to win the series. And that's clearly Milwaukee had all that. Uh, in spades.
6: 45 of their 60 wins this year by double digits. I believe that's the 5th best in NBA history. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Why Russell Westbrook can learn something from Steph Curry. That's next, but first David Gascon fills us in of what's happening in the North. Yes, we the North. Raptors and Sixers in Game 7. Hey Dave.
9: Hey Dan and uh, full disclosure, I did not jump on the wagon late. I, I feared the deer from the opening tip there off you in go. Game number 1. There you go. Congratulations, guys. Congratulations. <laughs> hey, I'm just, I, I will say this, I'll go on the record. If they meet Golden State in the NBA Finals, I am taking
6: Milwaukee. Well, there you go. Did right. Charles Barkley
9: say that too? I think Barkley, I, he jumped E Sphere in the deer too. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up, Nick, and I, I'm glad you mentioned Charles Barkley. Here's what he had to say just a couple of moments ago. They
5: were calling us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Uh, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when I bragged about him and Ben Simmons a few years ago, saying they're going to be the future of the NBA, he didn't call me, hey, Charles, thanks for the kind words. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys if they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass <laughs> if they don't like it. Man, it was talking about Joel
9: <laughs> Embiid and Ben Simmons. Embiid's one for seven from outside. Simmons hasn't even taken a shot yet. They have a combined four points, and they trail on the road in Toronto. It's 21-13, to 13, start of the second quarter in Toronto. There are some reports from Mark Stein of the New York Times off the court that if Brett Brown, the head coach of Philadelphia, doesn't win this game today, that will be fired. Stein said that he's been told by several sources that Brown has little chance of surviving a second-round exit. Meanwhile, earlier today, C.J. McCollum was dynamite for the Portland Trailblazers. Ten seconds
1: on the shot clock, down to 14 of the game. CJ dribbles, free throw line jumper. Yes, he got it! And the Blazers back in front by three, 98-95, 11.4 left here in the fourth quarter.
9: I don't know if he's the Robin to Batman, but whatever he was today, he was fantastic. 37 points, 17-29 to 29 from outside, nine boards to help support Damian Lillard, who was not good today. 3-17 from the field, 13 points. Portland wins game seven on the road, 100 to ninety-six guys, Major League Baseball. Just a couple quick things, real quick. Cubbies leading the Brewers right now, one to nothing in the bottom of the second inning. Mar- Marlins and Mets postponed due to rain today. Dodgers had a near no-hitter from Hinjin Ryu, went eight and two-thirds. Or excuse me, seven and two-thirds, eight. Innings though, one hit, nine Ks. They beat the Nationals six to nothing. Back to Dan Byer, Nick Bond, Just ten seconds, but first a word from our friends at Farmers.
5: From a dog accidentally flooding a living room to a dog taking a joyride, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen
6: a thing or two.
8: We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck, Fire Insurance, Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
6: Gentlemen, back to you. Appreciate it, Dave. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. Diving deeper into this Sixers-Raptors box score, Joel Embiidia, 2 of 9 from the floor. Ben Simmons yet to attempt a shot in this game. And for the clip that that Dave played about Charles Barkley talking about young players not like it when they're criticized, so much truth to that I do feel that with the reaction to games that the Sixers wrapped their series, we have we have turned the narrative after every single game of the series. It's right. Kawhi's unstoppable. Well, look at what Jimmy Butler did. Man, look at what the Sixers did at home. Now look at what Kawhi did again. While Ben Simmons is the real star of this, like there have been there have been seven different plot twists, and we're only to Game Seven in this series. Like it's it has changed every single game of what has happened, and what that tells me. Is that we still don't really have a feel for these guys or, or these teams that we don't know what they're all about? We know what the Warriors are about, we know what the Bucks are about, and realistically, we know what the Blazers are about too sure. with their backcourt. With these two teams, we know it's Kawhi, but then we don't know what's around that. And with the Sixers, we're not sure. And I think that's that's why I like Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Final, no matter who they play in this series.
7: Yeah, I th- you know I had an assistant coach in college. Uh, his name was Mike Maker. He he was uh, at Creighton for a year, and his uh, his he, he was came from West Virginia when he was with Beeline there and all those guys. And he, he, he said one of the most underrated things for a player in a team is knowing who you are. And I, I'm not sure there's a team – the, the three teams you just named, M- Milwaukee – Golden State and Portland know exactly who they are, and I and I know that's broad, but it's kind of all-encompassing. I think Philly doesn't know who they are. I think to a certain extent, Toronto they know Kawhi's really good, right? I mean, but it's like I don't I don't know if the, they really have a great sense outside of that. Um, and that then goes for you know us from the outside looking in. It's hard to get. It's hard to really sink your teeth into Philly and Toronto, and I think that's why you've seen the the
6: fickle nature of the narratives after every single game. Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry is an injured thumb. Don't know how serious it is, but he's left the game for the Raptors with 8-19 left to go in the first half. He injured the thumb, looked like he was getting tended to on the side. Now he's running back into the tunnel. We'll keep you updated. Kyle Lowry not available. Kai, uh, Kawhi Leonard right now for the Raptors going to the free throw line. He's got an early 10 points He's treating the Sixers like they treat Kristaps Porzingis outside of a Latvian bar. Wow! No, that's a little too soon. Wow. Do you see that video? Uh, <laughs> yes. That's, what man? You gotta know. You gotta know who you are and where you can go. That's part of being a
1: professional. Wow! And there are
6: places that you. I, I don't. The, even if it's not your fault, I know we're getting sidetracked here, but no, even know if it's not saying. your fault you can't be in those situations you've got to understand who you are and i know it's a part of life of being like well we can't go out to bars you can't go out to restaurants well, what so- however whatever transpired if he got jumped by some people that's totally unfortunate um so i feel bad for him on that account but man it just seems like a crazy situation I- i'm with you as yeah as without knowing
7: any of the details some of this is on when you're a superstar like that like there are so unfortunately, right around, there are some sacrifices you have to make. And one of the sacrifices is you can't just go anywhere. I mean, it just, that's just how it is. Like Kyrie Irving going down to some Boston bar right now, probably not the best idea in the world. I know <laughs> oh. that's stupid, but like, that's just, that's, that's how it goes. But yeah, I mean, you, the video is Porzingis comes out of that bar and has got like a gash over his forehead. That is uh that's a, a
6: bad visual right there. He's Nick Ma. I'm Dan Beyer. We're going to tell you what. Russell Westbrook can learn from Steph Curry. We're going to do that in about six minutes, but first, I want to let you know a couple of things. You can tweet Nick at Nick Ba. That's B-A-H-E. I'm at Dan Baier on Fox. That's B-E-Y-E-R. You can also listen to the show live anytime on FoxSportsRadio.com and the iHeartRadio app is today's show. is coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Those Raptors now with a thirty one twenty five lead on the Sixers. Seven minutes to go until halftime. We'll tell you what Russell Westbrook can learn from Steph Curry and plus one of the biggest names in all of sports will be in the headlines this week. We'll tell you why next year on Fox Sports Sunday.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables.
4: From a hot air balloon landing on a
5: car to a load of concrete falling on one, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because
6: we've seen a thing or two.
8: We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by farmers, truck, fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
6: Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Byers sitting in with you. Raptors and Sixers right now. Three-point game in Toronto. Raptors up 31-28. to 28, Just under six minutes to go until halftime. Earlier today, we saw the Portland Trailblazers move on with a Game 7 win in Denver against the Nuggets, 100-96 in a game that they trailed by 17 in the first half. C.J. McCollum, 37 points. Uh, Nick, still my favorite part of the game, was in the postgame when C.J. McCollum was asked a question by a reporter, and it went like this. Uh, I've seen a lot of basketball. I've seen a lot of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that part because it's, it's it's I've seen a lot of basketball, and your performance was great. Like, I get that. But I just would love the opposite of, yes. I've never been here before, uh, but I was told by my news organization that I had to cover <laughs> this game, which is... Which is, w- would be just as good. Yes, just yeah, just as that, good. Yeah,
7: hey, uh, excuse me, Nick Vaughn, Fox Sports Radio. J- the fact that you're the one that came to the podium, I assume you played well. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not totally sure. I didn't put, watch the game, but you played well. I guess that's my question. Did you play well? Put, that put, been, <laughs> been, I, just, I want that, right?
6: Put me at a political press conference and that would be the same <laughs> thing. Dan yeah. Byer, Fox Sports Radio. Um, I really haven't followed anything, but what are your ideas on the economy? Uh, the, uh, we mentioned the Sixers and Raptors playing their game. It's the final spot in the conference finals that are up for grabs. Bucks got theirs last Wednesday by taking care of the Celtics, and the Warriors got their Friday by taking care of the Rockets, where Steph Curry had 23 points in the fourth quarter, propelling the Warriors to that Game 6 victory and, and sending a message throughout the NBA. I'm just not sure everybody is listening to the message, Nick, because you feel there's one superstar that maybe should listen or at yes. least see what Steph Curry did yeah, on Friday.
7: I, I think the guy that I really hope watched not only that game, but the, the fourth quarter of Game 5 as well for Steph Curry, and that is Russell Westbrook. Because one of my criticisms is... That Russell Westbrook, to me, he may play really hard, but man, is he hard to play with, and is he hard headed? Because I think he lacks some social awareness and some basketball awareness. I want you to think about and contrast what Steph Curry looked like on the floor, how he was playing during the Clippers series, and for the first uh, you know four games of, of this series against the Rockets, and then contrast that with how Steph Curry played in in Game Five when 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 Katie went down, and then game six, with his level of aggression, his usage, just his overall game, totally changed when Durant left the floor. Russell Westbrook's game is the exact same as it was with Durant, without Durant, with Paul George, without Paul George, with Victor Oladipo, without Victor Oladipo he is just a tornado of tunnel vision of like, I am going to play my game. You all have to adjust to me. And I think the great players in particular, the great point guards have the ability because of social awareness and basketball awareness to take a step back and see what needs to be done in terms of how they're playing. I think I really, really hope Russell Westbrook was watching that game.
6: What I find funny is if you use it in that term is if, if Russell Westbrook is essentially saying that Kevin Durant back then, my way or the highway, and Durant's like, okay, I'll take the highway out of town, <laughs> yeah. because that's that's one of the one of the reasons why we, we felt that the split occurred was be because of that, and when you gave it the option of my way or the highway, you better be well prepared if the person does take the highway, and usually right. it's it's that person's uh, the 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 my way my way or the highway person's choice to get rid of that person but Kevin Durant just said do it up on my own and move along but yeah there is if if Paul George has it going then that's Russell Westbrook's job to make him even better right and and don't you think I thought one of the things that was uh
7: that was pretty cool about Friday night game six and what Steph did having 33 in the second half and all his big shots I think there are a lot of people, and I don't want to say everyone, because I don't think there's everyone has succumbed to this, but I think a lot of people have misinterpreted or misunderstood Steph sacrificing with Steph taking a step back. Like there's a difference. I think and I think maybe you saw it with D. Wade a little bit when LeBron came to to Miami, where it was like, boy, D. Wade's not the same D. Wade. Well, or is he just kind of a different version because he has to be given what's mm-hmm. around him. You know, I think I, th- I just thought it was cool that Steph still showed like, he's got that 2015, 2016 second gear of, of, you know, yeah. raining threes and doing all that when he needs to, he just doesn't always need to with Katie there.
6: It's funny because I've always felt Clay's the one that actually got the short under the stick. And yeah. I, I like of, of the Durant arrival of shot attempts and what fell through. And on Friday night, Clay was the reason. And and the supporting cast picked up for Steph having such an awful first half. And it gets lost in in what ended up happening in Game 6 because it's like what an unbelievable quarter from Curry. And what gets lost is not that Curry had a bad first half because that's a part of his story. Mm-hmm. But what gets lost is that Clay was on fire. Oh, like, man. Clay ends up like having 21 first-half points, I believe, or at least somewhere in that neighborhood of lifting. And Andre Godala is hitting big shots like they all picked up for him and then Steph ended up caring but we don't we don't necessarily talk about them but without clay in that first half they they're dunzo no you're t- really in all
7: reality we always talk about that big 3 of Draymond Clay and Steph but you could really throw Iguodala in there too mm-hmm. like he's been a huge part of it and Iguodala was great, and Draymond did what I know Draymond isn't going to score 30, but like what Draymond needs to do, he was really good uh, in, in Game Six as well. But I'm totally with you. W- without Clay, that thing was going to be a blowout, and it was just it was it was cool to see those guys get an opportunity when when everybody was kind of saying Oh, they're done, they're done, no KD," and those guys stepped up and they were incredible on on Friday night.
6: Sixers have taken a one point lead, 34-33, four and a half minutes to go until halftime in that game. 7 in Toronto. It's a big week Nick you want to know why? Give it to me. PGA Championship week is here and it's new with the new golf schedule moving from August to May. Don't think it's gotten a lot of hype but Tiger Woods tees it up again and tees it up for the first time since he won the green jacket a month ago at Augusta I am now curious to see as we have reached the post Tiger win again era how this is going to carry out I have a feeling a week from today we're going to be talking about him on Fox Sports Sunday. I agree. I agree. Find Nick on Twitter at Nick Baugh. I at Dan Beyer on Fox. Happy Mother's Day to your wife and, and, and to your family. and right everybody. Back at you, Dan Byer. I will, right I will pass it on to to mom as well. And to all the mothers out there, happy Mother's Day to you. He's Nick Baugh. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio.